Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world's original podcast. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. It's a skeleton crew here, to say the least. <laughs> Whoa. Who had Paul Perilla being one of the only ones in at this time of year? Judon is their highest paid player. Does that worry you? It worries me. I don't know. I, I'm such a draft nerd that like I, I kind of know. You know everybody. Humble guys. brag. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, no one's ever been on the training camp I'm field. I didn't say... know. Taylor Strong and, and Kevin yeah. Harris. Like, yeah. oh, We had a fire alarm at our apartment at 2.30 in this morning, so I'm just a jinx. I do have some to... emails. Yeah, watch it. Why, why, why don't you read some? To say that like the... The movie itself isn't great. Like, oh it, no, it's a great piece of cinema history. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's, it's a great. Know, like, this is no, doesn't hold up. I was listen. I, I was young when I saw Jaws for the first time. And will we have a catch twenty two Thursday? Yes, or are you guys? We will. Oh well, so that's a special treat because he's smart enough to know that I do not listen to Catch Twenty Two. Wow. This is Patriots Unfiltered. Patriots Unfiltered. That show sounded a lot more off the rails listening back to it than it felt like. I felt like we did a good job. <laughs> I do too, and mm-hmm. I totally agree. Right, and now that we listen back to the opening, I'm like, what were we talking it's about? Alarms, drills, you name it. It was a lot. Were you guys talking about Jaws? Of yeah. course. Yeah. I, of course. I mean, it's it's the is season. It, is it an off season <laughs> show? It is the season. It is. Well, it's uh, it's not a skeleton crew today. We we got Alex, we got Matisse, we got Paul, and you got me, Evan, in, in the host chair. I don't know how I feel about this yet. <laughs> I Evan, feel great about it. Evan I, actually has to facilitate conversation I, I, today. I, I can't just take over conversation, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to allow you guys to do the talking today. But I I feel like the Patriots did us a, a service uh, by. <laughs> they did. Making this news last night with Devonte Parker's contract extension because now we have something to talk about. That they listen to the last show. That isn't Jaws <laughs> and in traffic and you know Boston stoplights. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to. But that. there's a lot to talk about here with with Devonte Parker. Uh, I think just in itself, Devonte Parker uh, as a player that is looks like he's going to stick around for a couple years. Uh, what this means for the offense currently, the current makeup of the roster and then obviously the the effects that it has potentially or not on uh, on deandre hopkins and, and the sweepstakes for deandre hopkins it does sound like from various reports uh Re- ian rapaport mike reese coming out and saying that they don't feel like this is connected to deandre hopkins i i have uh, some some doubts about that maybe a little bit but i'm curious to get your guys's opinion just on Devonte parker uh, in this extension why I think is a lot of uh, the question yeah. for a lot of people. It's interesting, and we should just sort of give some nuts and bolts. Uh, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, was the one I first saw yesterday. Yeah. I think he's been credited with "quote unquote" breaking it. Three years, thirty-three million, which is not really overly relevant. That's um, you know a lot of fluff. He used a, a, a phrase, and we'll get to this later. But he used a phrase about guaranteed money that I thought was very ambiguous. Um, $14 million in guarantees and roster bonuses, yeah. which aren't the same thing. Right. Um, so I, I think the bottom – I just wanted to get, like, the, the nuts and bolts of the contract extension. Uh, we can talk about that afterwards. But in, in regards to Hopkins specifically, as you brought up, Evan, um, this might sound weird. I don't think it has anything to do with it financially. But I do think it might have something to do with it just in <laughs> player acquisition-wise. Yeah. I, I think 
it might be small, but I think the chances of signing Hopkins are a little less today, I, I feel in my mind, than they were you know on Tuesday when we talked about it. Does it push it more towards Cooks maybe? Cook. Or, uh, Cook, sorry, Cook. Yeah. No. No? No. Not affected uh, at all? No, no, I don't. I don't think that this this stuff is related um, in general. I don't. But I, I'm still going to take Hopkins at, at his word, which and I'm saying his word. Everybody keeps writing reported he's, word. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> waiting it out. He's going to wait till training camp. I, I I take that as his word. I don't. Yeah. I think he's probably trying to drum up you know a little bit more money, a little bit more interest, and he'll wait till training camp. Yeah. I think that's probably the way it will unfold. Alex? I feel like that was always, yeah, the way it was going to unfold. Initially, when I saw the report, I was like, okay, are they maybe moving money around because Devontae, or because Hopkins does want to wait? Maybe is Devontae kind of, I don't know, there's probably a lot of egos in the wide receiver room right now that have been hurt over the last year into this offseason. So was there a situation where it was like, hey, I don't feel loved right now? Um, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, I don't know, but I think... I hope that I hope that Parker really has a year this year where we can kind of see what his potential is. I feel like there was so many times last year where he'd make a really big play and then the O-line would be offsides or something yep. and it'd get called back. So um, obviously him being healthy is the biggest thing, but I don't really know what to make of this situation. Um, you saw some, not reports, but on Twitter, he was kind of the odd man out. Um, if Hopkins came in, I think this just locks right. him in for the year. Not on this show. Not fair. But then you also saw the the training camp, not training camp, mini camp press conference. He was kind of like quiet on the whole Hopkins situation. So well, salty. he's a quiet guy in he general. He was salty. He's, he's, he's really salty. hard to read. He's yeah. really hard to read. I think he's really shy. I think he's a fair. good guy, but I think he's shy. But he, that being said, I think it locks him in for the year. Um, you don't really need to. He doesn't need to worry about that. So yeah, that was my biggest takeaway from the Parker angle. Is just all this tells me is that he's not going to be the odd man out if they do sign DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be here. He's going to be in the offense. He's going to be involved. And I think on the surface, just on a, on a micro level, I don't, I don't mind the contract and I don't mind the player. I I think he's a productive player when he's out there. Uh, The Paul, you might not like this, but the nerds love him. The analytics love him. Some of the nerds love him. Warren Sharp doesn't like him. And we can get to that. Let's not be discriminatory (laughs) against the nerds. Let's, let's count them all. He's he's a different kind of nerd to me. Uh, analytically, he's an efficient player. Uh, you know, seventeen point four yards per catch, eleven and a half yards per target. Uh, doesn't drop very many passes. Uh, there's a lot of things that he did very well last year. Uh, granted, in only forty seven targets, he actually converted more of his targets into explosive plays, twenty plus yard plays, than any receiver in the league. Now. Guys like Jalen Waddle get targeted 120 times, and he only gets targeted 47. So the sample size is a little bit different. But I think Devontae Parker as a player is a useful, solid piece when he is out there and he's getting the ball thrown his direction and things like that. With that being said, my my big picture concern uh, about it and why I can't love this move is – it, it's another thing that tells me that this is the tax bracket that this team is going to operate at the wide receiver position. It's going to be Juju Smith-Schuster's. It's going to be Devontae Parker's. It's going to be Kendrick Bourne, who is another guy that's in that mid-level contract status. And every once in a while, they might throw a, a, a 50th overall pick at the position to, to get a youth in and get some yeah. uh, young talent in there. But they are never going to be a team that's going to overextend for a wide receiver. How do you guys feel about it? Just curious. I think that 
I feel kind of similarly to you, but I think that Hopkins might be the outlier here. Just on the affinity yeah, that they have yeah. for each other. I don't know. I think I, if I can be gonna... proven wrong easily. If they sign DeAndre Hopkins next week, I will eat crow that maybe they're changing, but I also need to see the money on Hopkins because if they get him at a discount because of the situation and the circumstances of his release and everything, then it's still not it's still not, you know, changing philosophy. And their philosophy, their spending model at that position tells me that they don't want to overextend for a wide receiver. They're never going to pay the big diva wide out and you're going to get by. They think they can get by with this type of group. And I, I just don't necessarily think that that's the way the league is trending or the way the position is trending. When Parker's on, I think he's an above average receiver. Like you saw flashes of it last season, but if you're paying a receiver in his thirties, I'd rather pay to Hopkins. So yeah. yeah. I and I mean, I'm going to get to the nerd stuff later because I'm curious yeah. in all in all honesty yeah. I'm curious on some of the different numbers which ones cuz I you, you know I'm not as much into the metrics as you are Evan I, I'm curious to which ones are more yeah. important than others but a couple of things on this yeah he's he's 30 years old uh, I I think it's sort of been portrayed as a pay cut disguised as an extension I don't really think that that's the case. I think he's going to end up getting more money than he was due. Like, Certainly more upfront money. Now, we all know that when you do these extensions, typically the base salary in the first year goes down, which opens up some cap space. His base number it was something like 5.7. He's probably going to have to be on the field to get 5.7, but has a chance to get more than that. So obviously you want him to be on the field. Right, so yeah. it's not like, whoa, geez, if we can keep that under five point seven, well, that's not good. If you kept it under five point seven, but the thing that I don't like about the the extension the most is, is is it signing off on future Devontae Parker years? Like, I I can't imagine that he's not part of the equation in, at least in twenty four. Yep. Now I don't know. Is this a true extension? Like, is it four, five, and six, or is it the first year was? sort of ripped up in this yeah, year so, so only two more years correct so he's signed which is what they usually do now. um so i don't i don't love the idea and i'm gonna alex you're gonna get this analogy because you're so celtic centric it's to me <laughs> what team are we talking to about to me Devante I'm a parker fan. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> I, I, i'm that, gonna rip that to shreds <laughs> that's for I the second leave. hour I had to the second. Leave there's the no state. chance i'm gonna let that one go but anyway um the Bridges. Do you remember the Bridges for the Celtics? The the Jay Crowders, yes. the Isaiah Thomas. You know, yes, like, the fun to years. Me, Devontae Parker should be a Bridgie. Yeah. He's a Bridgie receiver. He's not a stiff. This guy was the fourteenth overall pick in the in the draft in two thousand fifteen. I absolutely loved him coming out of Louisville for Miami. He's never really panned out to be that. Right. He's not a bust, but he's not a star either, and has never been one of the better receivers in football. He's never been healthy. Oh, and oh, by the way, he wasn't healthy last year. But he missed four games and really missed six games because there was two that he barely even played in. Um, so he's the kind of guy that you plug in, and we're a little bit weak at receiver. He, he can give us something until we can get what Evan wants, you know, the stud. But my concern now, is – Now, this is, to me, putting off, like, 
addressing yeah. the position. It, to me, that's my concern. My concern is that, and and this is kind of across the board, honestly, in a lot of positions with the team, but especially on offense, they just like seem to be content with fine. Like, okay, he's a fine player. He plays a role. Uh, I think that a big part of it is what Alex was talking about a little bit earlier that this is a guy that's put his head down, that's worked hard, that's played ball. Uh, he hasn't spoken out in the media. He wasn't one of those guys last year in the locker room that was ripping the coaching staff. This and is doing, the 2023 version of Devon Gotcha. Yeah, doing all that kind of stuff. And they took care of one of those guys. But are they content? Like, are they okay? Like, do they feel that they're fine at wide receiver? Because just for what it's worth – you know, Bill Barnwell did his annual yep. supporting cast. They were 26th in the league in weapons, right? Playmakers around the quarterback. Uh, PFF did it a couple weeks ago. They were 29th in their rankings. So, I think they are a little bit better than than that, maybe. But I'm not. I don't think that their world's better. I think that they're right in that 20 to 25 range, probably. And where is the where's the needle mover like where where's the difference maker in this group and if you're committed to Devonte parker for let's call it a year maybe two and you're committed to juju smith schuster for a year or two like there's not a whole there's not a lot of other targets to go around there's not a lot of snaps to go around and you still have the two tight ends that you want to incorporate too i think this means less chance of deandre hopkins it probably means less opportunity for tyquan thornton okay i want to get to that as, yeah. as step two Okay, and this is Paul is quote unquote worried about everything. <laughs> you know, uh, we talked about this on Tuesday, and I do. I worry. I have. I grew up in New England, and unlike you, young folk, I didn't grow up with nothing but championships. <laughs> I had a lot I had of five war. years of my life with <laughs> no championships. I hate you. <laughs> I had a lot I, of time where my team consistently fell short. So I'm always thinking in those terms, like what could prevent us from. When it, like you know, how can something go wrong? Because I, you know, my first thirty-five years, they were always coming up short. So what I worry about is, does this mean they don't love Taekwon Thornton? Yeah, they haven't seen that big year two sort of progression. Um, lesser, um, but still sort of part of this equation. Do they see nothing of the two sixth-round picks? You know, Booty and, and Douglas. You know, if you're looking to get I saw a lot of people write, well, they only had, somebody wrote, and I thought this was an odd phraseology, they only had one veteran receiver signed next year, Juju. Well, I don't know why Tyquan Thornton doesn't count as a veteran receiver. Like, going into year three, you're a veteran receiver, which was what Thornton would be in, in 24. Like, that's not, like you, like, you take a guy in the second round in his third year, you're not, you're not anticipating him being a, a big part of your passing game. That's what I worry about. Right. Well, like, and, and I worry about things that haven't happened yet. That, no, I guess. no. I'm worrying about the same thing because when you look at it, where are the snaps? Like, where are the targets and the opportunities for Tyquan Thornton? And the only way that players like him that are raw, you know, physical specimens with great speed, those guys need to just play. Like, you don't you don't develop in any other way besides just playing. And now Tyquan realistically is your third receiver because you paid Juju, you paid Devonte Parker. You're going to have those two guys out there. And now if Hopkins co- comes into the mix too, now he's your fourth receiver and he's demoted to the bench permanently for the entire year, uh, pretty much. So I, again, but my whole thing with it, I, I don't mind Devonte Parker as a player. What I mind is, 
is the, their their evaluation and sort of how they treat the position yeah. as a whole. Yeah, I don't mind Parker as a player either. I think he's he's fine. I just would think that you wouldn't necessarily be looking to extend him. Yeah. And I think that he was extended because of what you guys were talking about. You know, instead of bitching about Matt Patricia last year, he didn't really have anything to say about that. And, you know, I think he did express a little bit of, uh, you know, I don't know, discontent. I don't know what the right word. I don't think he was pissed, but he was a little salty when talking about Hopkins. And maybe this was a an olive branch to him. Like, you know, you know we still we, we still think a lot of you. I, I know that Bill last summer, um, I know that he was very high on what Parker might be able to bring to the offense. Um, but I don't really think he brought that to the offense. I, I think he was fine. I think he was okay. But I don't think he was anything that you would go out of your way to try to extend. I. I just thought it was an odd move. Not anything that's going to kill you. It's not big money or anything like that. Don't get caught up in the three years, $33 million. That's That's paper money. That's not real. It's odd to do it around this time, though, when Hopkins is on the market. I, I guess that's a big factor as well. Yeah, and I don't think it has – like, like I, I'm kind of with you guys on – I think Hopkins could happen. Yeah. could still happen. I just wonder if they're sort of – Bill doesn't like the idea of being uh, – left waiting around yeah you know like let us know what you're going to do we need to plan you know you don't dictate when you come in we dictate if we want you in you know one of those things yeah, that, that's I, what i, I worry I about s- with hopkins i also saw it, it as maybe partially hopkins contingency plan like we have a guy that we feel good about playing on the outside playing a similar role to hopkins that if it doesn't come together you know, we at least we have Devonte Parker in the fold, and now Devonte Parker is happy and not pissed off that we try to go after and replace yeah. him with DeAndre Hopkins. But I think that's the other thing for me as well that I wanted to to ask the panel as I facilitate here is that you're doing a great job. Thank too, you, it. thank you, great uh, job facilitating. I I do see a little bit of redundancy between Parker and Hopkins, and if they bring both, if they bring Hopkins in and they have retained uh, Parker obviously how, how does that look like like how, how does that work with having a group that is pretty much uh, similar across the board like and and also you know, uh, Parker's outside and and yeah and I guess Hopkins is inside but I, I I don't I don't really know we thought that Bourne might be a better candidate to go certainly you and Mike especially um, felt like Bourne would be more apt to go than yeah. Parker, but I mean, I, I don't know. There is some redundancy to that. I think there's there's similar skill sets anyway. Yeah, I, I always thought that it was, that Bourne was more. I didn't want to think that. I didn't want to believe that. But at some point, the things that Bourne says in the media and the way that he handles himself it, it, with this organization, that's going to come back to bite you eventually. Like eventually, that's going to be an issue. It was an issue for him last year with not playing, but it, it was going to be a bigger issue if it continued. And I thought that he had an opportunity in the spring and in, in his media sessions and OTAs to, to put that to bed and just kind of say, we're not talking about, you know, we're on to this year. We're not talking about last year. Put it year. to bed. Do you mean sprinkle a little kerosene on it? <laughs> and I, I he, he kind of did the opposite. Right. Right. And so I, I have to imagine that it Bourne's comments in the spring uh, didn't necessarily go over well uh, with, with the people down the hall. I, I just feel like that had to have finally been like, we're still doing this. We're still going yeah. through the media. If and they sign Hopkins, I wouldn't be surprised if Bourne goes. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. 
Well, then you're just even in a worse situation. Well, not necessarily worse, but like the situation last year, it was like all these receivers and where do reps go? Who's to, I mean, Aguilar was the easy guy to just kind of put to the side. And then Kendrick obviously didn't play a lot, but I don't know. It just feels like we're in such a similar situation to last year. And this is a contract year for Mac. And it's just like, what's the plan? Yeah, it's again. I, I I think that there is a little bit of a of a commitment to to mid right now at yeah, that position. And, and again, like don't don't mistake this conversation with we're all like, what are they doing? This is going to set them back. No, no, it's just kind of one of those moves that you wonder why it had to be made. Yeah, not that it's going to disrupt anything. I don't think they sunk any real cap dollars that are guaranteed that are going to hand. I, I don't think it's going to prevent them from doing anything. Um, it actually could help them do do some stuff because uh, it probably adds a little flexibility. I just thought it was uh, one of those odd things that didn't necessarily need to be done. Definitely did not expect that, that news to break. And I think like a lot of people, when I saw Patriots and wide receiver, I thought it was a, a different breaking Especially news tweet. Especially on the phone when you see the helmet. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's, the Patriots that's have well, I was driving home and saw, I saw my buddy Evan reporter. Lazar on our little Slack chat. Uh, I got the report up there and I was like, whoa. And I look and I was like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. I put my phone back down. Yeah, our uh, our amazing social uh, manager, Neil, called me, slacked me. I think he texted me too in the span of like three minutes about having to get up a post about Devontae Parker's extension. That's because <laughs> I put it in the social squad slack and I realized you're not in the social squad slack. I am slack. actually in that slack. Oh. So don't worry. Okay. You, I saw it, but uh, I, it was funny because I, I have... You, you know I'm not. <laughs> I have alerts, obviously, on on my phone for for rap sheet and and Schefter. So my phone goes off when, if they tweet anything, let alone, you know breaking news like that. I was like, I got it, I got it. But yeah, it was it was definitely surprising to see that that come down uh, last night. You mentioned we mentioned Hopkins a lot. You mentioned Dalvin Cook a little so bit. Dalvin Cook replied to a Pat McAfee video oh. saying, um, I, "I don't have the audio here, but I believe they mentioned he took a visit to the Dolphins." And then Dalvin Cook tweeted, "I declined a visit, just so you know, my guy." So, so he's going. This is I'm very confused because he. I don't know what that. I'm confused as to what that means. So, so he declined the he de- visit, my he guy. Declined a visit to the Dolphins, but who, he also said, "Who's his guy?" Ye- yesterday, the Pat, guy is Pat, Pat McAfee. Oh, okay. A Pat McAfee clip, and then he quote tweeted it saying, "I declined a visit." Okay, but he also to said Miami. To yesterday. Miami. I'm 90 percent sure. Need I can't a lot, play the Leave audio. that to be a lot more clear. <laughs> he also said yesterday, and then there was his agent did some did some uh, you know PR right because Dalvin Cook tweeted something cryptic about how he didn't meet with the team that was being discussed, and everybody took it as Miami. And <laughs> Is then, there any other kind of tweet from a player that's not cryptic? Right, and then and then all this came out about it him saying no 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 like it, he's still is open to playing for the Dolphins, and he didn't turn down any visits, but now he's saying he did turn out. So did he or did he not? He said I, he he said he said declined a visit. Jeez. I could have Matt listen to the video because I want to play it over the air. But <laughs> I, I got to be honest, I don't really have a whole lot of interest in Dalvin Cook as much as I love the player. Um, I think it's complimentary. It's like when we talked about the draft, if the Pats took B. John Robinson. I think all like, that's going to do is make you run the ball more, which makes yeah. you less relevant. <laughs> I mean, in today's I, like, NFL. It's it's a bonus to have him, but I don't think it's the end of the world if you don't get him. Like he got Ramondre Stevenson, you got the young guys. Yeah. So, yeah, know, it's complimentary uh, to me. The, the running back market is really fascinating, and I'm, I'm getting to the point where 
it could be another Belichick zig where everybody else zags with the running backs, and that's the only reason why I would leave the door slightly ajar for maybe them. Well, I'm not saying they won't involved. sign him. I'm you just want saying the receiver, I don't. Screw yeah. you! You're taking the running back. Well, <laughs> right. The main thing Whatever is whatever you is want, that, you're not going to get. Yeah. These veteran running backs, and, and I say vet, I mean, Dalvin Cook's 27. It's not like he's 33, yeah. right? These guys can't get paid. You know, he's a free agent. Leonard Fournette's a free agent. Zeke Elliott's a free agent. Um, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Uh, Josh Jacobs is holding out uh, on Saquon. the franchise. Saquon's holding out. So it's a it's an epidemic right now with the running backs that, that their market value just isn't really there. And the only position where the franchise tag is – is decreasing in value is running backs it's going up uh, exponentially across the board except for one position and at some point does it become a bargain to have dalvin cook at six million dollars for a a guy that's made four consecutive pro bowls that's put up huge numbers in minnesota that's why i don't rule it out because i don't know if the market is necessarily there for for a guy like dalvin cook the way that you would think it would be given his his cachet in the league. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like I said I don't dismiss him getting signed. I just don't think it's a needle mover if he does. I really don't. Like Hopkins I think if he if he, if he, if Hopkins pans out and he remains that 100 catch guy, I think that could change your offense a little yeah. bit. And I don't know how much that catches you up to everybody else in the AFC, but it could change your offense. I think having another good running back like I, I think Stevenson's pretty good. I, I think Cook is better. He's probably more yeah. talented. Certainly more of a home run threat. I was yeah, I'm more explosive. Um, but I don't know how much better that makes your offense. Do, but do you? So this is a big thing. Is do you trust what they have behind Stevenson? You know, taking it. No, out. that's a totally fair point. But that's kind of like I don't think he's coming in for like a million. Right. Like you want to give a guy like six, eight million to come in. As insurance, I no. I, I wonder if now, it is if, if you a wanted to make punch. it. If you just wanted to make him the centerpiece of your offense, then I don't care. Yeah. If you no, just think that Cook is so that. much better than Stevenson, and you want to ride with him, then you know me. I don't really care about the money. I don't care about the money either. I think you know, similar to to Parker and Hopkins, they they can't play together. Like you're not going to run two t- running back sets. With part with Stevenson and Cook on the field together, right? Like that doesn't. So if work, Stevenson so. gets hurt, then Cook could make your team better. Yeah. <laughs> like well. if Stevenson doesn't get hurt, I agree with you. They're not going to play together. So how much better are you? Is it worth it to just to play devil's advocate? Because I am in the host chair. Is it worth it to give no look passes? <laughs> like 150 <laughs> carries to Ramondre and 150 carries to Dalvin Cook, and they kind of have this one-two punch where they're trading series and trading off, you know, situations and things like that. And then by the end of the season, they're both still as close to 100 percent as they possibly could be. That that would be the ideal situation, I would say. I agree, sir. Sure. Matisse uh, wants Dalvin Cook. I mean, Matisse. I love the. There's a name for Matisse that I can't use on the air. Matisse. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> It starts with star. <laughs> Ends with something you can't say. See, cause that's because Matisse is a is a company man. And he realizes, like I do, that DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook moves the needle for us. Listen, like, listen, he sees the web traffic. Listen, yeah. last he year, sees the web traffic. He's, he's last day. year was the first time like I would go to the bathroom when the Pats were on the, on offense. Like I wasn't excited. There was <laughs> nothing that I looked forward to on offense. The That's fair. Was it was fun. defensive. Like, it was absolutely putrid. And if we have Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins, like something will happen. 
So Tish was like, we got to punt so we have a chance to score. <laughs> no, but then Pilardi was punting, which I, to this no, no, day. No, no, but I, as long as we were punting, the other team oh, had the ball. We had a chance yeah, to score. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But, Just yeah. Marcus Jones on the field. That's, yeah. That's it. Marcus Jones. Marcus. He, he could be our backup running back, too. There you go. All right. Should we take some of these calls? 855-PATS-500. The, the phone lines. We didn't have to ask for calls today, Paul. The phone lines are No, we are we, we are definitely better off. It's your facilitation, I think. <laughs> I also know for a fact that. Do you know how to do this? Oh, I know how to do it. Okay. Uh, oh, that's you guys, the the, red you guys have to do the other one. I know for a fact that when I hit uh, you know, the button here for Eldred to talk about this Devontae Parker contract, that Eldred, I, I feel like you're going to have a, a, a pretty strong take on this, my man. What's up? Hey, how you doing, everybody? Uh, Paul, Alex, uh, everybody's there. Heck, no, I don't like that darn move. Compare a 30-year-old, 33 million. You know, like I said, this is typical bill. And that's why I said, that's why I said we'll never have a star wide receiver as long as he's in that GM chair. I'm sorry. I just don't like some of his moves. Yeah, y'all say he moves the needle a little bit, but no, he don't. And what it say about Mac? I think he don't want like Mac, <laughs> to be honest with you, because he ain't doing nothing to really try to help him like everybody else do. I think he, after last year, he saw it because he got rid of one of his top guys, and he's not doing nothing to help the young man. And that's my, my my only take on it. I'm not a big Mac fan, but at least get a guy a shot. You know what I mean? At least give him a shot. And Thornton, uh, I'm like you, uh, Evan. I play him right off the bat. That's the only way he gets better with that speed. Just can't sit there and coach him like that. You got to let him play. But uh, Bill always liked to start his veterans, then start a rookie or a second-year guy unless he proves something. What do y'all think? Yeah, I'm with you, Elger. Thanks for the call. That's sort of where I'm coming from, from the from this Devontae Parker extension is just it. it's another move to me that tells me that they – are not going to be big investors in the wide re- wide receiver position. And you can talk about it from any angle, whether it's cap space, whether it's draft capital or a combination of the two. You know, we were walking down here, Tease and I was talking, they're never going to make that Tyree kill trade. They're never going to do something like that. As long as Belichick's here, they're never going to make the AJ Brown trade, the Stefan Diggs trade. Like that's just, they're not going to do it. And I think that is disappointing because the way the rest of the league has has done things in recent years that's what everybody else is doing right and and you look at i just take a small sample of the the final four teams last year you have kansas city which has the best quarterback in the game they also have travis kelsey you have the Bengals, who we talked about last week might have the best receiver room in football you have the 49ers on the other side who trade for christian mccaffrey in the middle of the season despite already having George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and, and a good supporting cast. And then obviously Philly with, with their two-headed monster at receiver. So the results are, are starting to turn to the point where the teams that are winning are are investing in that position big time. And maybe 20 years ago that wasn't the case. You know, you had teams that invested first-round picks and a lot of cap space on star receivers, and it, it kind of went the other way where that wasn't worth the investment. Now I feel like it's really – proven out over the last couple of years that it is worth the investment i just don't think that this team is ever going to change their philosophy of how they yeah, approach it's that almost position. like it's an arms race and they're choosing to try to fight it defensively well it's just so frustrating because you see you, you mentioned the eagles they get aj brown like look what that did for jalen hurts i mean garrett wilson like yeah zach wilson's not that great but 
couple games he went off. Like, you just got to get your, your quarterback well, a young yeah, receiver. I mean, I would say it was really significant for with the Jets. The Jets, like, had no quarterback play at all and were 7-4. and four. Yep. You know, and ultimately they couldn't finish it off because at some point you need your quarterback to be able to complete some passes, and they had guys that couldn't do it. Now, th- so they ended up going 7-10, and 10, but that was because of everything around them, the, the defense – the receivers, uh, you know, until Brees Hall tore his ACL, they had a good running game. Yep. That's they had some weapons on offense. They just didn't have a quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I think though we all agree that one of the guys that that Bill respects his opinion the most in this in this whole football world is Nick Saban. And I, I keep going back I to too. Saban. And this is in the college game, so it's not apples to apples. But this was almost a decade ago now that Saban gave that I think it was at a coaching clinic or a press conference or something like that where he said good defense isn't isn't good enough anymore you can't play win games 17 to 14 at this level anymore and Alabama completely changed not only their offensive system but they completely changed their recruiting philosophy and all of a sudden they have Jerry Judy and Jamison Williams and uh, Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith and John Mechie and Henry Ruggs and all these receivers coming through. They're recruiting Tua and Bryce Young, five-star, you know, consensus top prospects out of high school at the quarterback position. And they completely reinvented themselves from the team that they used to be to light up the scoreboard. And Belichick so far at least has been pretty reluctant to, to adapt and to change to that philosophy and maybe in the long run I look like an idiot and he ends up being right and they they win with defense and uh, ball control and you know limiting turnovers offensively and good special teams and complimentary football and maybe they end up winning like that but that just ha- hasn't been the track record of how the last I handful agree. of seasons I think you gone. can win some games like that I don't think you can win it all like that it's, not not now. There just comes a time when you're going to play the Chiefs of the world. Right. And, you know, you got you got to stop them. I mean, you just look at the Super Bowl last year. I saw uh, Jason Kelsey has been trying to talk up Hurts because I guess Hurts took the loss pretty hard in the Super Bowl. And Kelsey was like, you played a great game. What are you talking about? You're fine. Jalen Hurts had 400 total yards and four touchdowns in that game and lost. Yeah. Yeah. He played, he played a great game. He yeah. did. And it was a circumstantial kind of a loss, like the way right. it kind of unfolded. The Chiefs made the plays in the fourth quarter, but I don't see a lot of, you know, seventeen to to fourteen kind of wins. You know, you know, it can happen. Like an individual yeah. game, it can happen. And I know a lot of people like say, "Well, it was just twenty eighteen. The Patriots won the Super Bowl thirteen to three. But they ignore the fact that they scored, you know, forty in the two playoff games to get there. Right. Um, and I just feel like if you think you're going to win consistently over good teams that way, I think it's a tough way to win. That's all. And I don't think I don't think that you can play defense at that level against good good offenses. I think Saban's right. Yeah, I think ultimately Saban is right. I think when you play a good team, to expect to hold them under twenty four is, is that's tough. You need a crazy windstorm. That, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. You know, you know, like yeah. I mean, there's, there's going to be games that the other team's not going to have. Those players aren't going to be available. This is the way it is in this league. Yep. You know, but like last year, even 
and I thought they were better defensively last year than they were the previous year when they made the playoffs. But even last year, when they played, you know, relatively competent quarterbacks, they had a hard time. Yep. Um, and the the probably the best defensive performance, to your point, was you know kind of fluky. It was like the second half against Cincinnati, where they didn't allow a lot of points. I don't know how. Yeah, I really don't know how they didn't allow a lot of points, but they didn't. Um, and and ultimately, they you know they had a chance to win the game because of it. But I mean, if you watch that game and you see the numbers that Burrow put up and the numbers that the receivers put up, and you're like, they had no answers really. And that's just the perfect point to this because as good as the defense may have played in that second half, the offense still lost the game for us. So it's like right. Right, but I'm saying if you could play defense like that against the top offenses, like they, you know, like they didn't allow a lot of points in the second half. If you could do that all the time against good offenses, then your your offense is going to be good enough for you to win games, you know, traditionally. I just don't think that you can count on holding good offenses like that. Like the the Bengals had almost 500 yards of offense in that game. I, I remember on I don't know how they only had 22 or whatever points at, at the end of the day. I don't know how they only had that amount of points. I remember uh, pregame, somebody was, I think it was Emma was walking by Joe Burrow, and he goes, I'm going for 300 today. Went for 375, three touchdowns. Like, <laughs> none of these star quarterbacks were worried about this defense at all last year. Yeah, I just, I don't think that any of these star quarterbacks are worried about any defense. No, anymore. no, no, that's my larger point. Is yeah, and, and I, I think that that's, that's where you still get into the, the stat that I, I have to update, so I, I don't know off the top of my head what their offer record is now. But when yeah. the opponent scores more than 25 points against the Patriots in the Mac Jones era, I think they're 0-14 at this point in those games. And at, at some point, you have to be able to win 38-35. You have to be able to win. In, in what was the, That was the score of the AFC Championship game in 18, right? It was 30. 37-31 Yeah, right? something like that, right? So you have to be able to win a game along the way in a shootout. And you have to have your quarterback and your offense be able to outscore somebody every once in a while. And it's just hard to envision like where that offense is coming from. Even if you project Bill O'Brien really upgrading the system, and re- even if you project Mac Jones taking a step forward, like where are the playmakers and wh- how is the consistency going to get to the point where you're putting together five, six scoring drives in a game out of ten? You know, it just... That's the part of, of this whole thing that that worries me. Uh, but hey, we're we're all like I feel like we're all on the same page that it's not about Devontae Parker though, no, right? No. It, it's it's about the philosophy of the team building that that's going on. Yeah, when ultimately you know, and I think this is what Alex was getting at early in the show. Like you you have decisions that are going to be coming soon on Mac Jones. You have to figure it out and. I think that that's going to be ultimately what decides whether or not they have the offense to keep up. We can talk about bringing in Hopkins. We can talk about bringing in Cook. But if the quarterback can't consistently drive the ball into tight coverage uh, and make plays and, as uh, as Evan says, get it locked up in a shootout and come out the other side, uh, the winner, it's not going to matter. I, I just see a Mac Jones situation similar to Danny Dimes where, like, He's okay, above average, yeah. and then you're paying him what was it, 140 million? Because that's the market value. Yeah, I, I would say no on that. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see them doing that. No, I, I don't see them doing it. But like, he, there's a good chance Mac Jones will get paid somewhere. So that that's the mm. as soon as Daniel Jones' contract. Of that. As soon as Daniel Jones's contract came out, though, 
assuming that Mac has a, a year that's maybe more reflective of his rookie season and, and maybe even a little bit better, I, I said immediately when his agent goes to the negotiating table uh, on his contract extension, that's that's the contract that I'm looking at if I'm his right. agent. And I think they'll pick up the fifth year option. Yeah. Yep. To put it, up, it to put it off for another year. Yep. They'll play it out. Um, and then then they'll see because ul- I don't think they're going to give him that kind of a contract. I don't think so either. And ultimately, if he let's say in year four, year five, he has like an MVP caliber season and now it becomes worth it to pay him that money, then that that changes the equation. But to your point, that's the market value now, even for just like a serviceable NFL yeah. starter. And it's it's similar in terms of APY to you know what Derek Carr got a couple of years ago. Now, Derek Carr's structure was very different than Daniel Jones's, but it's. 30 35 million dollars a year uh of really mostly guaranteed money because they're quarterbacks so it's it's not really like you know this Devontae parker contract where i mean kudos to his agent for for putting three for 33 out there in the background yeah we should probably comment that they're getting ready for ed sheeran this weekend they're killing a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff going on at the stadium louder than taylor swift though i i don't who do we? Who does Paul have to call? Paul's the one with the sway here. Yeah. Ed Sheeran. Who does Paul have to call to we'll get, get him, him, we'll get him on the Sheeran. show? Yes. Ed Sheeran. Yes. Do you guys like Ed Sheeran? I don't know. I like Ed Sheeran. Uh, I don't love. There's a, uh, He's I very talented. I don't love him. He, he is very talented, talented, I think. And there's a couple of songs that I really like. Alex Perfect is an excellent right? song. Perfect is a perfect song. <laughs> Just kidding. A l- little bit. <laughs> a couple strumming. I saw him uh, do something on TV, like a one of the like the Grammys or something like that, where he like synthesized the whole thing like by himself on stage, and he was playing guitar and like he had the drums all set, and he was like using his feet to like play the bass line of the. Su- it was inc- that was incredible. I, that was pretty cool. I'm not a big Ed Sheeran guy, but. No, I mean, it's not. You respect the talent. That's a, I'm not respect listening the to talent, it in the But car. I think I that some of the, the songs, like, I know that people oh, he has just. Some, bops. some of them yeah. just look at, like, oh, it's poppy. It's pop music. Who cares? It, like, Perfect is a great song. Yeah. It's a great song. Is it Shape of You? Is that the other one? That's yeah. a good song, too. He was also he in has Game a, of Thrones. He has more good songs so. than you think. Aaron Rodgers, Game of, Game of Thrones, too. I know. Noah Syndergaard, too. I don't like Aaron Rodgers, so. Ed Sheeran was in a Game of Thrones cameo, and. I always remember it because it was like so obviously Ed Sheeran. Well, like he they sang just, in the episode. Yeah, they oh, just yeah. like that was, was they that just the purposely the fire like, or whatever. Yeah. Oh. They like froze on his face for like three seconds just to be like, "Hey, it's Ed Sheeran." Was Did you guys see season? that movie? Um, and I forget the name of it. Forgive me, but it's uh, about the guy who um, start. He is like a, a fledgling like musician, but he doesn't really have the talent to go anywhere and. He somehow starts to like sing Beatles songs, and no one knows oh, the Beatles songs. I saw the, it's the English movie, right? Yeah. I oh, saw, and I've he's s- like in the future, in the or he's in yeah, the it's past, like but the Beatles. He realizes the Beatles. Is that don't what it's exist? called? Yeah. Sure it's nobody history. knows the Beatles, and people think that yes. he's creating all of these. I haven't seen it, but <laughs> I've yeah, heard I haven't seen good. it, but I heard it, it. It's it's a funny movie. I mean, it's obviously goofy, but Ed Sheeran is in the movie, and he's fantastic in it. Um, and it's it's like they have like a contest to so see who can create a song, and he's just creating like a Beatles song that he hasn't sung yet. That's funny. It was it was pretty funny. I, I have a newfound uh, respect for for the for the Beatles. 
I feel like oh, as, oh, I, now? as I've aged, like, analytics uh, shining a, positively kid, on the Beatles. As a kid, I was like, I didn't really understand the the hype with the Beatles, you know. But but now that I've gotten older and have a little bit more perspective, I I feel like it's yeah. I was come never a, like a big Beatles fan, but obviously, you talk about respecting the talent. I mean, that is insane. I feel like there that were, catalog is insane. If you weren't into the Beatles, what were you into? I like. I always like the Rolling Stones better than the Beatles. Because I was going to say, like, there's rock. probably either Beatles people or like more rock people and stuff. Yeah, for me, it was like Led Zeppelin. To me, it was like that was before my time. I know that you find that awfully hard to believe because you're 12. <laughs> but that was I wish that I was, was 12. You that guys was, are talking about 30 year olds. That was way like before my time. Them out with the uh, garbage here, and I'm like, Damn. that was that was like the Beatles and, old, and even the Stones for the most part. Although the late Stones like start me up. That was kind of in my middle school years. Um, I, I was never like really into that. I was more into like I make fun of myself all the time. The disco stuff. Nice. I was into the dance music. Like Bee Gees. Bee Gees were awesome. Yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire is the greatest group of all time. I would love to see They're Paul fantastic. getting after it at the club. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire never in town, but they still I got down. after it. They still throw down in concert. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh well, they they uh. So let's <laughs> groove tonight. Yeah. They sing after uh, a couple of. Super Bowl, yeah. Super Bowl parties. Yeah, they can still do. They can still boogie. They, I saw them. I don't know, three or four years ago now in a in a festival. Commodores, there. great oh. stuff. Okay. Thinking out loud and Castle on the Hill also to fire Ed Sheeran. Thinking songs. out loud's a good one. Thinking out loud's another good one. I don't love Castle on the Hill, but it's. I mean, it's a good I like song. That one's like catching it's a good a song. Beat. Should we uh, fire through these calls before Paul's food gets here? Let's do it. All right, Morgan in Vermont. What's up, Morgan? Morgan. Morgan, you're on the air. It's the Vermont cell service. My good, my Morgo good was hunting. waiting right, for Morgan. a while. <laughs> that was my you good were waiting for a while. You call, call back, Morgan, we'll get you on. Uh, Patty and Agawam, what's up, Patty? Well, Uh-oh. you've lost your facilitation card. Uh-oh. You, uh, you left him on the line too long. Over two. <laughs> Patty. Patty. All right, Patty, call back second okay. half. This All is right. where you have to, uh, as the Felgren manager, you push away from the table if Spee's not here. Spee, don't don't embarrass me, Spee. Come on, Spee. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hold no on, line's ringing. No Spee. It's ringing. No, Who is it? Patty. Two lines I think ringing. We're coming back. We're so, coming back. So that it's means right. Patty, Patty's me. coming back. That would be my guess. It wasn't guess. me. Is Morgan coming back? I don't know about Morgan. The this Vermont is usually cell a, this no is shot. usually a catch twenty two problem because me oh, and Bart argue for too. like forty five minutes and the poor callers are on hold for like an hour. Oh, see, this he is was a new probably call. there. That was okay. me playing a hang up effect. <laughs> the, this is a new one. Uh, Cody in Fresno. What's up, Cody? Hey guys, so I think the Devontae Parker move is not really surprising to me. I feel like it makes a lot of sense, especially if you look at the next free agent market for the receiver position. I don't know if you guys are aware of it at the moment. Yeah. No, but why? Why are you not surprised that they re-signed a thirty-year-old receiver and want him on the team longer? Well, what would be the other options? I mean, we can draft go and to develop? the draft as our main resource, but you know that's always a crapshoot, especially with the history. Well, it's less of a crapshoot than banking on a thirty-one-year-old receiver staying healthy who hasn't stayed healthy his whole career. True, but like I said, the history has never really been good to us. I mean, Tyquan Thornton still isn't anything, and he's been you know second-round receiver, I think. Right. I mean, that, oh, that your alternative is develop the players that you have. Yeah, the young guys that you have, develop them. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would put the onus on the coaching staff to get more out of some of these young guys that they haven't been able to to, to get production from. Yeah, I, I'd agree with I that. I agree. And uh, thanks for the call, Cody. Uh, 
we talked about this, I, I think, during the draft season, Paul, about you know how it's always the the old cliche is that tackles are like the safe picks and receivers are not, you know, are the yep. ones that. But that's really not. Last like four or five years, it first round wide receivers almost across the board have really succeeded in really big ways. Like not to say that you have Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, uh, you know, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, I mean, CD Lamb. Like yep. all these guys have come into the league and, and produced and, and been really good players um, for their team. So, it, yeah, the draft is a crapshoot. And, yeah, the Patriots' history with drafting wide receivers hasn't been great. Now the free agent market at wide receiver is never good. You know, the, no, it's because when good. you have good ones, you keep them, right? Or they get traded, you know, for for capital. So, I, I don't, I understand what the caller is saying that if you look at who's going to be a free agent next year, Devontae Parker probably would have been one of the the better free agents on the market if he stayed healthy this year and produced. But I don't think that necessarily yeah. says much because of of the way that that position typically is in free agency. All right, let's try uh, let's try speed again. Spee, are you there now? Can you hear me, Houston? We got gotcha. you. <laughs> All right. It was pretty uh, pretty weird. Last, like, last time you guys were talking about how scary the ocean is and, like, rip currents and swimming parallel to the shore, and then all of a sudden Ryan yeah. Mallet, like, gets swallowed up by a rip current the next day. Yeah, and I didn't realize that that area is so dangerous. I read that, like, 10 people have I think passed 11. away in or uh, yeah I think like just this year yeah and we're talking like firefighters yeah um, obviously mallet is a very probably strong guy but don't mess with the ocean well matisse you said to it's got to swim parallel you know you let it you let it take you shore. out and then you swim sideways to get by the rip that's what i was always but it's taught. so counterintuitive yeah and also like and if you're not taught that if you're not taught that also like it's freaky as hell yeah like like you never know what happens when a situation pops up, so it's super unfortunate. Yeah, I went down the rabbit hole yesterday, and some some advisors were saying that you just, if you can, just float. Because yeah. sometimes swimming that way uh, tires you does, out. Doesn't actually always work. So. Oh. Scary. Well, um, you, you would think that a guy like Ryan Mallet would be able to to swim pretty far. I mean, he's a former athlete, a big guy. Yeah, and only thirty five years old. Yeah. yeah, awful. Go ahead. That's speak. really sad. Um, well, um, I wanted to before I know Paul's got to eat, but like not yet, thing, <laughs> not yet. Been doing okay. One Evan, one thing you've been saying recently that's kind of given me a little bit of comfort is talking about the big situation and hey, is Buffalo going to implode? Which I think that's important because the Patriots, if they're going to make the, the postseason, it's going to they're going to need to get some help <laughs> from the other uh, AFC East uh, yeah. teams. So I was kind of wondering with the New Jersey Jets and the Dolphins. Um, you know, aside from the quarterback position where, you know, uh, with Tua's body and Rodgers' heart or lack thereof, like what are some other things that could maybe submarine those teams? Like uh, what are some ways you think they could fall apart? It's kind of like a bigger picture question. Those guys. Maybe we could put a pin in that and wait till Fred gets back. I'm sure he has a litany of <laughs> ways that the other teams can all not be good. That's where I mean, we're at. You at least agree that's that that's going to be part of the equation for the Patriots this year. This is where they've they've this is where they've dropped to is that you have to hope the other teams implode. Don't you miss the days yeah. where we didn't even care about the other teams? It was just are we hosting the <laughs> AFC Championship game? I used or to love looking at the list of the coaches and quarterbacks of the other three teams in the AFC East and saying, <laughs> I remember him. Yeah, like that's how obscure some of the names, like Cleo Lemon. Like oh, you'd be yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. 
now it's like, well, yeah. can can maybe Stephon Diggs be cranky all year and maybe take the whole offense down with him? Yeah, just got to root for and, a lot of disgruntled players. You know, maybe can yeah. Tua get a concussion again and maybe okay, not well, be able to that. play? That's, that's, that, not, that's, that's what people that's wish injuries. That, I, I don't wish injuries, but Fred does openly. Maybe and some like Dumois leaks yeah. that add rifts to the locker room. Yeah, I mean, could could Allen and Diggs be Donovan McNabb and To all over again? Like, is we Diggs can only g- hope. is Diggs going to be in his driveway with his shirt off doing <laughs> crunches and saying how much he hates his quarterback? Like, can can we have that? He loved his other quarterback though. Diggs my quarterback? No, To. <laughs> yeah, that's my quarterback. Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. Well, Evan, you were right about male dolphins. They're monsters and. Uh, the other Thank thing you. is, I, I uh, never John got Lennon the update on. Was kind of a bad guy. John Lennon was a bad guy too. Oh, just letting you know who was. Uh, okay, John Lennon. John, John Lennon. Lennon. Uh, I did not know. Is that. John Lennon the one that. with Yoko? Yes. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, you really know, got unbelievable. Yoko. Well, I heard yeah, he Yoko he, was he, like. Yoko is not great vibes. Bad well, influence. Well, Yoko broke up the Beatles. Well, this no, Harrison broke true. up the Beatles. That's not jo- John Lennon. That was John Lennon's choice. And all the Beatles have testified. That's him that not being on. an alpha. And there's also um, there's a lot of difference. Like this. we don't have to go down to uh, you know Thanks Beatles the unfiltered speed. here, especially <laughs> when I do not have the knowledge that Fred obviously brings. I'm I going would just off, talk crap the whole time. I'm going them. off of like some of the stuff that Fred has said in in the past, and it was sort of one of those things that it wasn't always what it appeared. Everybody always blamed it on Yoko and her influence on on John, but not really mentioned as much was Linda's influence on Paul and how that sort of rubbed people the wrong way. And I think Matt's right. I think ultimately George Harrison just said enough with this because he was getting all butthurt in the studio that Yoko was just hanging out. Linda was just hanging out and he, his ideas weren't getting taken seriously. And he was having a, like, was he know. single? No, 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 he had some bad, no, he had some bad stuff going on and like, uh, Yoko definitely chilled John out. John was a known, just I'll start fighting you kind of person. Really? See, I, I don't know. I, drunk, I don't know enough about the Beatles. From looking at them and hearing their music. All I know is that, uh, now with pop culture references with the Beatles, they, it's always like, oh, like, you know, if you break up a group, you're, you're Yoko. You right. know, it's a, that, that's all, I, that's all I know. I Tony don't know Braxton. Right. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's all I got. All right. Uh, let's try Patty again. Patty, don't let me down this time. Patty. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yep. Yes. What's going on, guys? And my 413 sister, Alex. Howdy. <laughs> 413 sister. Hey, we have a bond. This one's from my 413 sister. We have a bond. He's in the <laughs> town over for me. Patty, I'm in Westside right now. Oh, oh, you are nice. Yeah. What does that mean? West Springfield. Man. No one. Springfield. No one cares. There's, there's a West Side. <laughs> Only me and Patty care. No, no it's one cares outside of one twenty eight. Let alone four ninety five. It's its own town. The only thing for Springfield for me is like, is it near the Basketball Hall of Fame or not? Yeah, right over the water, right uh, over the okay. bridge. All right. Six Flags. Yeah, I live. I live right True. over the water Six from there. So uh, I had a couple. Well, I actually had a thought on the Dante Parker contract extension and maybe just touch on music really quickly. Uh, to me, what this, like you guys always say, look at what Bill does, not what he says. To me, this kind of spells out how yeah, drafting the kill Harry in the first round, I think this is the guy or the kind of player that they, they envision having. Only Parker can play. He's proven he can play in this league. And even though he's 30 years old, I don't know if there's like any out after the first or second year of the deal, but I do like Parker as a player, and I had a thought, too, about Hopkins. If they do end up signing him, um, what do you guys think about them using him kind of like 
the Cardinals used Fitzy towards the end of his career, where they, you know, he wasn't that X guy. They moved him inside, outside. And uh, Paul, I got to ask you, what's your favorite? What's your favorite Stones album? I didn't hear that. Word. What's Say your favorite? What? Rolling Stones album. Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones is probably the, it's the Start Me Up album. Start Me Up. Yeah, because I I was not like I told you I wasn't like a big Stones fan. I liked the stuff. And that was probably like eighty one, so I would be like in yep. middle school then. Yeah, I like that album. I was in grade school then, but yeah, I mean, I, I love all music, with maybe the exception of reggaeton. But uh, yeah, dude, Exiled on Main Street is the Stones' best album. The Clash is the greatest band on the was the greatest band on the planet, and um, Ed Sheeran was. <clears throat> that's all I got, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. I uh, he's higher on Parker even, the player than I am. I don't even remember what he said about football. I just that that whole yeah. Well, he's talking. I, I do think it's a it's a definite possibility to compare the you know, the late the skill late career of Fitzgerald um, when he went into the slot. He had never really played in the slot, and he was very yeah. productive as a slot guy. Um, but. Isn't that why Juju's here? Yeah, I I like. I mean, like, <laughs> you, you're not going to say anything to me that says. We don't need Hopkins. No, I I think that they could use Hopkins. Yeah. I think whether you want to play him inside, outside, or whatever, I think he'd be the best receiver you have. There's definitely uh, alignment overlap that just based off of their historically how Hopkins has played and how Parker has played. They've both been outside receivers. They've both been guys that have played outside the, the numbers, X, whatever you want to call it. But I think the bigger thing is, is more about skill set to me than even about like they can figure out how to distribute the receivers like Bill O'Brien will get them all on the field and he'll figure out the best way to is he in the slot is he this is he whatever uh the bigger problem that I or concern that I would have with it is you're you're pretty reliant on slower possession receivers with good hands and good contested catchability and uh, body control and who out of the group is separating who out of the group is taking the top off the defense and I I, I, right, Thornton, but if you have Hopkins in the but mix... But if he's not on the field, he can't take right. the top off the defense or separate. Very slow right now. It's a slow group still. That that would be my concern with it, and it's, again, very reliant on downfield jump balls, back shoulder throws. Like Those are going to be your explosive plays in the offense. You know, Seems to Gesicki, like, is that really the way that you want to build your offense. And the separators, I worry about Mac because I wonder if he can complete enough passes to tightly covered guys yeah. to, to take advantage of, you know, that kind of stuff, like man coverage and whatnot. Right. No, I'm not talking about downfield stuff or whatever. I think that's overrated because I think all NFL quarterbacks can throw the ball down the field. Like, it, some are more accurate than others, obviously. But to me, it's can you have that, you know – What's the Warren Sharp thing that you saw? The last three years, um, he has finished dead last among I all that too. among among all uh, rated wide receivers in separation. Yeah. Can Mac complete enough passes to a guy like that? Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I, I wanted to bring up the Warren Sharp thing. I think that the separation as a metric has, has some flaws to it well, in general. It has general. some subjectivity to it. Right. That's for sure. In, in context of, okay, well – if this player is playing a predominantly outside receiver, X receiver type of role, and he's seeing a ton of backside man coverage, then 
it lends itself to the fact that he's probably going to be in tighter coverage situations than somebody that's running through zones in the middle of the right. field. Now, with that being said, I would also say that that's not Parker's game. Parker's not a separator. We we know that it's not his game. So it's kind of like expecting a a guy that you know that pitches and he's all about control and and putting the ball in in, in good places and maybe off speed stuff. And then you're like, well, why is his strikeout rate really low? Well, because he doesn't he doesn't have swing and miss pitches. So Parker is a contested catch guy. We've known that, but at the same time. I still can get do get concerned about they are building an, a receiving core that is a lot of those types of guys. Right. Yeah, because my follow-up would be then uh, why do we extend the guy who doesn't have a good strikeout rate? Like I wouldn't want right. to, you know, I, I'd rather, you know, rely on, on Bayo, you know, who's, yeah. who's going to strike guys out and has that kind of stuff than Connor Siebold, who I don't think did. Right. He's well, well, Bayo would Bayo in this scenario, since we're we're crossing sports fully now, <laughs> Bayo in this scenario uh, would be a little bit like Taekwon because yeah, Bayo early on this year they almost sent him back down to Worcester. Like he would. He well, was, they did. Yeah, he was struggling really badly, and now he's like been great for the last two months. So I, that's one of those scenarios where eventually they just kind of let him pitch his way out of it and figure it out and. That is a concern. All right, we'll take one last call, and then, then Paul's food is here, so we'll, we'll break for lunch. But Top-notch Mo- facilitation. Mike in Top-notch. Tampa and Tampa Brady, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, so I had two different things. One was the Ed Sheeran songs, a uh, good one. That if you guys have ever seen Sons of Anarchy, yes. Um, one of the last episodes, he's got a song on there called Make It Rain. I would check that one out. It's pretty good. Um, it's pretty good. And as far as football is concerned, a couple, I want to say last week or the week before, you guys were running off a laundry list for Mac Jones about um, what would make him, you know, what might make him better or what what we would have to do to um, see the most out of him. And it seemed like that list was really long just to get him to be serviceable. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know. I, that sounds really, that sounds like a lot harsher than we. Like he doesn't have to do a ton of improvement to be serviceable. Like I think he is serviceable now. You know, I don't think okay, he needs. Then, to, I don't think he needs to I, have I tremendous missed, strides to be serviceable. Then no. I'm then I'm misremembering what I heard, but it was. It seemed like there was a laundry list of stuff that. Like, oh, if he had a better offensive line and better wide receivers and better this and better that, we could really get the most out of him. And, um, well, then you could figure out if he was good enough. Be, sir, the, the team would be much better. And that's, I know that sounds kind of like, hello, connect the dots. But um, if he needs that much work to get us to where we want to be, shouldn't we move on? Like, Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, idea th- that's a, that's an argument. Th- yeah, my, but th- there's an argument to be made for that. Sure, yes. but I, I think my my pushback on this argument is always like, so we need to make it harder on him to so that he can prove himself as being somebody <laughs> that can that can. I like the way you put that. Right, right. Like no, so. No, no, Evan, not at all, not at all. So, what I 
what I'm trying to get at with that is when you need that much, maybe you're trying too hard to get to where you want to be, and you can make it easier on yourself by finding somebody who has those missing pieces that Mac has, that Mac doesn't have, rather, um, like the power to get the ball down the field with some velocity and fit the ball into tight windows. Right. Mac's got touch passes all day long. But, but I, I, I hear you, find... but but my point is, is that I don't think that any quarterback is going to succeed with nothing around him, you know, just just because of his greatness. Like, even a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who you can make the argument, Kansas City outside of Travis Kelsey just has some okay pieces around Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey. He has arguably the best play caller in the sport. And he's got a stable offensive line now. And that's why he's great. You know, that's that's what gets him to allow him to be great. So we saw it here with Brady, you know, when years when they had down years at receiver, they didn't win. Like they didn't win in 2013. They didn't win with Rishay Caldwell in what was that? Oh, five or six. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't win those years. So even the great guys still need help. And we saw, you know, the, unfortunately my last year with Brady, you know, covering the team and everybody else is in 19. We, we, he was still great. You know, he went to Tampa Bay and he won a Super Bowl immediately. So I, right. I, that's the thing is, like, even if you find the, the Golden Goose quarterback and you find your Patrick Mahomes, like, you still you still got to put the pieces around him. And I think that you can, you can really – that's still good business, regardless of if it's Mac or if it's somebody better. Okay. Gotcha. Well, but, hey, thank you guys for taking my call. Paulie, enjoy the lunch. I really enjoy listening <laughs> no, to you guys every week. Thanks, Mike. No problem, Mike. Appreciate thanks for it. calling in. And I, I do hear his point because I, I – yeah, Paulie, yeah. you talk about it all the time with Drew Bledsoe. Like, you just kept on trying to make Drew Bledsoe Well, but work. I but I agree with Mike's premise. Like, what quarterback in the league wouldn't succeed with all of, the, you know, a great offensive line, great running game, great receivers, great defense, great coach? You know, like, what do I need you for? That, to me, is Brock Purdy. Yeah. Like, he has the best weapons. I think Bill Barnwell had San Francisco one in that list that you cited earlier. He has the best weapons in the league. They have a great defense. Okay, I thought he was suggesting switch Mac Jones for Brock Purdy. No, I and think I what wasn't he, about to let that slide. I no, think I'm what he's saying, suggesting like, is like, that they're interchangeable. Who couldn't do it if you yeah, had all no, of that? Yeah, no, because if you put Mac Jones in that offense, like, who knows what would happen. I, I think what he's suggesting, and I, I honestly i am interested to see if this is the way that, that Bill – handles it is if Mac Jones is a replacement level quarterback then instead of after the fifth year option or or four years instead of paying him Daniel Jones money just replace him Mm -hmm. you know I think that's what he'll do unless he makes an enormous leap yeah I think that's what he'll do all right we're gonna take a break before we take the the, the quick break I want to let everybody know I know everybody's listening to us and why wouldn't you be but uh NFL Network just starting their uh sort of uh tribute to the patriots um uh, from the uh the 2010 the dynasty 2.0 there you go How, how's that is that the best way to put it that's, i like that's it. The second half yes. second half of the dynasty uh the programming on nfl network is going to be uh sort of wall-to-wall patriots this afternoon i think the first one uh, is going to be the the um divisional round game against baltimore in 2014 uh which was an epic 35 31 game one of the best playoff games um of the entire era they one did, that gets overlooked a little bit they did have to show the 09 
Raven's well, they showed game all three of them. That's why I it's thought a, I it's saw. A, it was a trilogy. They showed the 09, and then they showed they showed the Cundiff game. And yeah. then they showed the the next year. I, I could have done if won. we're gonna if we're gonna pump up the Patriots though. I I could have done without the the Ray Rice 09. <laughs> that was game. brutal. I, I could have done without that one. I told you that was the game right outside that door, and I I opened the door <laughs> to come in, and Ray Lewis was screaming at everybody. I said, "Rut row, <laughs> I think we're in trouble." <laughs> God, that that was young Evan. That was a crushing blow for young Evan. Ooh, that that was, was a tough game. That was me in boarding school, getting my heart ripped out. Yeah, that was a tough one. And Wes Welker and you know, Terry That's Stacey the most Allen. unrelatable thing you've ever Board school. Boarding school. Board school. Like, that's that's huh. just like, you know, he's like he wasn't really at one of those, you know, prep schools. <laughs> Public <laughs> school. It's boarding school. Boarding but maybe school. we'll talk a little bit of uh, 2014 divisional round when we get back after the break <laughs> because that was a great game. That was a great game. All right, we're going to take a break. Paul's going to eat. We'll talk to you in a second. Finally, a phone plan that puts you in charge. Introducing the new My Plan from Verizon. Control what goes into your plan and what stays out of it. Get exactly what you want, only pay for what you need. Get My Plan at your Verizon store today. It's your Verizon. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Fast Pro Shops, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar. Watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe. Or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence data Q2 2020. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning, and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great, but it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. 
Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Patriots fans, you'll want to check out the replay on this one. Pat the Patriot is stealing the show tonight with his Bank of America mobile banking app. That's right, folks. So here we see Pat cheering and then whammo. Is that Bank of America life plan? Looks like he's saving up for some big future moves. Planning the next vacay, huh, big guy? And wait, now he's paying back his buddy for concessions using Zelle? No penalty there. Incredible. No way. As if that double move wasn't impressive enough, now he's beefing up his account defense with security meter? Holy cannoli, what a performance. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Patriot fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com banking. You must be enrolled in online banking or download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. Finally, a phone plan that puts you in charge. Introducing the new My Plan from Verizon. Control what goes into your plan and what stays out of it. Get exactly what you want, only pay for what you need. Get My Plan at your Verizon store today. It's your Verizon. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Fast Pro Shops, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Mia's Paint Bar. Watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe. Or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no. Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra. 
95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith. A belief in what you're striving toward. And a willingness to make the commitment day in and day out to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. There's no season better than football season, and there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week, so head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Patriots fans, you'll want to check out the replay on this one. Pat the Patriot is stealing the show tonight with his Bank of America mobile banking app. That's right, folks. So here we see Pat cheering and then whammo. Is that Bank of America life plan? Looks like he's saving up for some big future moves. Planning the next vacay, huh, big guy? And wait, now he's paying back his buddy for concessions using Zelle? No penalty there. Incredible. No way. As if that double move wasn't impressive enough, now he's beefing up his account defense with security meter? Holy cannoli, what a performance. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Patriot fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com banking. You must be enrolled in online banking or download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. Finally, a phone plan that puts you in charge. Introducing the new My Plan from Verizon. Control what goes into your plan and what stays out of it. Get exactly what you want, only pay for what you need. Get My Plan at your Verizon store today. It's your Verizon. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Bass Pro Shops, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar. Watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe. Or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. 
Then, we give it massive capacity and near-zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence data Q2 2020. And now, great moments in history. Here's what I would like you to adopt on Unfiltered and every other thing that you do in here, God knows what, during the week. Take a little more zen approach, and you're in the moment. Whatever you're doing, you do no, that. No, we have okay? to eat. It's fuel. How about 11 minutes? Does that is that egregious? Uh, is 11 minutes in a the long whole time? day? You see, here's the thing. His workday is four hours. Uh, Our workday is ten hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what he doesn't understand. Yeah, yeah. Now, does that's, that, what, that's what he doesn't in, understand. In, in Hardy's defense, he works more than four. Hours. Does that does that include when I'm here doing the revs, where I'm doing my satellite no, I'm radio about show a single every day, day? On a single day, on a single we day, we are not I here work. to do the podcast slash radio show. Okay. We're here to do other things. We throw that in for our fans. Let's care. Let's and our fans understand that we need to eat. Right. Let's you and I both carry a little personal work meter. Do you with believe in UFOs, Hardy? And, and you just do, let's wow. talk about UFOs. Wow. You know what? He's I going there. Oh, and I'm, going there. <laughs> That's another great moment from. We're back, and uh, Paul has just finished his food like right on time, and I, I always find it fascinating Efficiency. that you that you manage to do that every single time. You never miss a beat. Why do you think I look the way I do? <laughs> I. That's not where I was going with that, but... Eating crap in, like, 30 seconds. That's, you know, that's why you get fat. A bit of timing's on my part here, watching them eat. <laughs> that's true. Marine's got, got the timing down, too. It's, it seems like you guys have done this before. It's not your, your first rodeo. No. Well, you have to eat as fast as you can before your brain can signal down to your stomach and be like, yo, I'm full. Stop doing that. Yeah. I always get slandered God, for the whole, too fast. The whole I'm brain the slowest eater in the world. To your I'm stomach. the quickest eater in the world. My brain never tells my stomach that that's, I'm full. That's because never. you probably have some unhealthy things going on in your gut microbiome, but... My what? Don't t- just the whole other story. Smile, what? smile, and nod. Leave her alone. That's a big word that I. That she I has don't a lot know. of big words. Your gut's like your second brain, you guys. I have never once in my life thought to myself, I couldn't while eat another eating. Bite. I couldn't eat another bite. Now, ten minutes later, after I, it hits me, how much I just ate. The IBS kicks in. Yeah, it, <laughs> sure. You have that? No. <laughs> uh, I do. I do. I, I was say Andy Hart had it. And that, I that, don't that eat would dairy. Be amazing. That's that, true. Are uh, you know multiple members of this show? No, I don't have that. Thank uh, God. I'm pretty sure I got, it, but I eat like trash too, so it's probably my fault. Well, yeah, I always I, used to say that yeah. to Andy. I was like, "Did you ever try to actually eat normal and see how it goes?" No. I know. I was just on a bachelorette. One of my friends, like, she's just now trying vegetables and stuff, and she's a really petite girl, and she can't believe she's like pre-diabetic. And I'm like. That's because we went out to like a five star restaurant and you asked for buttered noodles and we were <laughs> eating like it. elk and stuff and elk. Just got it. That was the elk. Almost as good as the octopus. Okay. Octopus is good. Uh, yeah. Smoked I, octopus. Southbound yeah. Charleston, South Carolina. Great restaurant. So we actually had elk on this show. Oh. Someone came and cooked it for us right out in the parking lot. I was going to say in here. Know. Nope. <laughs> right out in the parking lot. I don't know. It was very good. I would try it just because I, I try anything. It's but one of the most healthy elk, protein. As I like to say. It's really good. Okay. All right. Alex. Uh, I agree with you, though. I Generally, when, a lot I, about food. when I stop eating, it's out of embarrassment, not not satisfaction. I don't know. I just, you know, I, 
I, I'm, people are looking at. I'm me. definitely I'm one of those <laughs> one of those people that needs to to tell myself to stop eating because if I eat as much as I really want to, then I'll be 300 pounds. So I have to control myself. But I'm I'm never full. Never. I don't know. That's one of those problems. But that's because uh, actually I'm just gonna stop. You're not eating <laughs> foods that are satisfying you. You're tricking your body, and then you're just like, wait, I'm still hungry. I ate all this food, but I got nothing from it. You're telling me my Jersey Mike's number seven is not is not <laughs> f- fulfilling my or or the tendies in the commons. Yeah, <laughs> tendies in the commons. I, I've heard pretty some pretty good. I've heard some good things and oh, yeah. some bad things. I did a, about I did a double tendies. order yesterday. I, so. <laughs> 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 did you <really> <laughs> How was, actually, how was your afternoon after that? It was fine. I actually <laughs> included the fries with my tendies yesterday, which I don't, <laughs> I haven't done. I got a fry yesterday too with my quinoa bowl. I will admit. You get the, you get the sriracha, dip the fries in the sriracha. It slaps. The guys are doing <laughs> good slaps. work up there. I love the kitchen guys up there. So they're uh, they're showing on NFL Network right now the 2014 divisional round game against Baltimore, and they're explaining the ineligible receiver formation that the Patriots. Uh, used in this game to trick the the Ravens and to me that will never get old I will never get over watching John Harbaugh lose his mind on the sideline trying to figure this out uh, I think we we got to go around the table though I, I know where Paul was because he was he was here uh, when this case when this game happened this is but. one of the best seriously I said it before the break this is one of the best playoff games and I don't think it gets as much attention as a lot of others. It was a classic uh, where were you guys when uh, this game happened? I was in my mom's living room screaming at the TV when Flacco threw that ball at the end. I swear it was in the air for 45 seconds. That's all I remember. Yep. Alex? I think I was at my friend Morgan's house. We were Morgan. We were, my friend Morgan. We were just having uh, a lot of watch parties those days. I, yeah. on, I think I was on break, wasn't it? When, when was that? Yeah, December? so that that was for me. I, I was in college. Yeah, was uh, so that was uh, right in the middle of winter break. Yep. We were on vacation, and uh, I remember to this day that my my mom was furious because my mom's not a football fan, doesn't watch football. <laughs> and we were on vacation, family vacation, and uh, me and my dad and my sister wanted to stay in that night and watch the game and we we got takeout from the restaurant at the hotel and you know and did a little little party in the hotel room and my mom is like furious because we didn't we didn't go out on vacation and she she just didn't really understand and then it turned out to be the greatest divisional round game they probably ever played and uh in hindsight i think it was great that you know luckily they won I probably would have would have ruined the rest of the vacation if they had lost. So I'm, I'm glad that they had won. But uh, was she less mad after the win, or was she? She was relieved. She always said every time that the Patriots played in a big game, like a playoff game or a Super Bowl, uh, it was relief when they won. Were because you a huge brat when they lost? Like, would you cry? I wouldn't cry. Um, I'd usually like go into like a fortress of solitude for a little while <laughs> and plead the fifth. Yeah, I, a, a big. <laughs> so it's probably a nice break on your mom when they lost. A big thing a uh, for me, like on a, like a Sunday, you know before it start, i just like go outside and like you know shoot hoops in my driveway by myself for like an hour and like not talk to anybody uh or something like that but uh yeah you know it was you could hear a pin drop in my house when they were losing like in a in a playoff game you could you could there was no talking there was no we wouldn't even look at each other you just you just kind of sit there in in silence but Paul, what's your what's your favorite moment of, of this game? Because there's a lot of great moments out of this one. Uh, I think they just showed it. I think the double, the pass, double pass, the place went absolutely ballistic um, in Edelman to Amendola for the tying touchdown. One of the most underrated throws of Brady's career. 
however, is the winning touchdown. To LaFell. To LaFell. Yeah. Which is coming up shortly. So he actually, uh, he was on a, a radio show uh, b- talking about his favorite throws that he has ever made. And, and he actually gave LaFell the credit for that one, said it was a tougher catch than it was, it was a throw. It was a tough catch. But, yeah. I mean, it was everything about that play, you know, and especially when you take into consideration the circumstances, you know, like. That was that was great. These I I loved those uh, those playoff games with Baltimore were the best. Yeah, they had I think they had four of them and went two and two. They were they were different. They would as the kids say he's, he's built different. Diffy. Well, they <laughs> were like a Diffy. we didn't have many games that we were like really nervous about until really you got to the AFC Championship, the Super Bowl. Yeah. But Baltimore, if, like that was always like oh. the dynasty. The, the first part of the dynasty, all of the playoff games were like that. The second part, it was. Tim Tebow, Brock Osweiler, like you're playing against guys that can't compete. Uh, Marcus Mariota. Remember that? Who am I leaving out? Uh, the tomato can, the parade of the tomato cans. Was it? Shaughnessy was Schaub in one of those Houston? Because they played Houston twice, right? Osweiler Sha- Schaub, I do think, was one of them. Yeah, because I remember oh, Brock the, the Brock Star. Because they, so they played. Well, Osweiler was definitely one. That's right, and then they played. What, they played Houston. Oh my God! What a throw! What a catch! The uh, oh. the other time is when when Gronk re landed on the on the forearm and rebroke his forearm. I think that was thirteen. That was, that, was a, that was a Houston game. Yeah. yeah. That was a like a deceptively high scoring game. Yeah, too. Shane Vereen, I think a wheel the route pa- out of the backfield. Did he have right? a kick return in that game too? He might have. Uh, the might Patriots have. had that game in control. Yeah. But it was uh it was pretty high scoring. Got a young young dev right there. Young Devin McCourty talking uh, about. One this of the game. playoff games that stands out to me, I think it was a twenty fifteen Broncos one. Kinda snowy. Pat's O-line was just so beat up. Yeah. Like they lost by one or something like that. But that's a game that always stands out to me. Yeah, that one was <laughs> tough because they lead the drive down. And Brady has the fourth down throw to Gronkowski, which yeah. is definitely on his Mount Rushmore of throws. Has to be. And then he misses him on the two-point conversion. Which Goskowski mm-hmm. missed earlier, right? Yeah, just and then that was what ended up costing them the game. And was and that the year where Harper muffed the punt? That's why it wasn't at Gillette? Oh, when they lost? Yeah. 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 That one was tough. Uh, 15. Yeah, it was 15. I can give you my, my cavalcade of, of BB screw-ups that cost them a, a Super Bowl that year. That would be one. Yep. That's when it started. The mortar kick, the corpse of Steven Jackson, yeah. and kicking off in overtime. Yeah. Those are four games you lost in the last seven weeks of the season that if you won any one of them, you would have hosted the AFC Championship game, and I think you would have won it Yeah. if you hosted it. But that's just me. I'm crazy like that. I forgot about the 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 Hail Mary suspense. Yeah, in this that one. ball was in the air for what felt like forty five <laughs> seconds uh, well, to two minutes. But that's even that's the the Hail Mary. The drive like there was two things. One, they should th- when they kicked a field goal to go up thirty one twenty eight. It should have been a touchdown. Yeah, I forget. I, I think it was Dennis Pitta. Um, dropped it. Dropped a touchdown. Um, and then they were moving again when it was. I think they were down thirty five thirty one. The, if you remember, both teams pretty much moved the ball at will in that game. Yeah. Um, the uh, the the Ravens looked like they were going to respond and, and take the lead again. They had a good little drive going, and for some reason, uh, Flacco went for it all. And I think Deron Harmon, that was one of his Mariano Rivera picks. Closers. Yeah. Closer. Uh, and he came up with a big play. But I, I thought they took an unnecessary shot into the end zone that didn't need to happen. There. Yeah, I just – I didn't really – you always remember those Hail Mary plays, and 
some of those are a lot closer than than you remember when you see them again, right? You know, that one tipped up. In They're the almost air all close when you actually watch them in in slow motion. Like the yeah. uh, the Eagles one that the Patriots lost. Yeah, there was like they went up and everybody sort of batted it down, and then one of the Eagles defenders sort of gets twisted, and his arm goes up and hits the ball back up in the air a little bit by accident, totally not uh, intentional. But it just fell in an area that really weren't it, weren't any it, Patriots. Yeah. It's also crazy because like the hail mary is the one play in the NFL. Like the refs probably aren't going to throw anything. Like people are just getting oh god, people kill each other, and, like, and they should. And they yeah, should. but I mean, like, what was it? Was it the Eagles one? Like Gronk was getting like he was getting jumped on by people. Yeah, like, and they're just not going to call it. Yeah, yeah never. you can't so call that. Actually, Hogan gets lit up at like the twenty yard yep. line, just yeah. running down the field. Yeah, and then the second Giants Super Bowl. If, Healthy Gronk makes that catch. Yep. Healthy Gronk c- catches that on the shoestrings, and and they they ride off into the sunset. That one, that one's also that hail mary is razor thin. Like Which one? The second Giants Super Bowl. Yeah, that's one that I think is an example of. It looks a lot closer in sl- super slow motion than it was. Yeah, like the ball's kind of on the ground before Gronk dives for it. Yeah, you know. I'm gonna. I've been re- saying if his ankle's healthy, he's there. Ankle's quicker. healthy. He gets well, it. if his ankle's healthy, the game's all different. If you were going to play that game. <laughs> the butterfly I just need the ankle to no, be healthy for that no one more moment. I don't have. need the whole game <laughs> no, to be I don't different. need to be greedy. I just needed it to be healthy on just that one. The stem one cells play. kick in. The cortisol kicks in right there. Uh, that, one, that one's still. Are you like that? Or, or do the the losses still stick with you even though they won six times? Like I, I No, uh, I, they, they definitely do stick to me. And it's part of that whole sort of mantra that I have. Like I'm always worried about something. I... And I know this sounds incredibly selfish and sort of greedy, but I feel like they left some out there. Is this? Is this? You've, you've told me this before. I yeah. wasn't sure. Well, Do you feel like you, I, I, I don't? I don't take? go all in on this one. <laughs> and, and people that are listening are going to be like, "Since when does he hold back?" Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm out of fear. Like I normally do not care at all about the backlash that I get because I get a lot of backlash. You know, about a lot of things, not the least of which is being fat um but that happens what are you gonna do i'm fat i have to i have to live with that um i don't want to go all in on like how many super bowls they should have won but i do kind of think that they left so i think oh six is a glaring example i think 15 is a glaring example i think they left someone the now and you can easily cut back and say you know if not for a play in what five of the six wins they could have lost yep. absolutely <coughs> valid Absolutely true. They could. They easily could have lost to the Rams. They easily could have lost to the but Panthers. But isn't that why it feels like they won exactly the amount that they probably should have won? Probably. Which is another reason why I don't go all in. <laughs> I would have really liked one of those Giants ones. Just one yeah. of them. Oh, I, I mean, think I would have liked preferably the, sec- the, the second Giants one. I think they were closer to winning than the first. The first one, to me, I thought they got like as thoroughly all played as you can get, with the exception of the very first drive of the game. Patriots went down the field. Bang. Just like they did every other time yeah. in 07. And after that, the Giants kicked the snot out of them in that game. The second Giants game, I thought the Giants started fast, and the Patriots eventually, I thought, took control of the game. And that that double score, to me, was just, m- like, methodical. Long drive to end the second, long drive to start the third. I was like, the Giants haven't had the ball in, like, an hour and a half, and the Patriots are in complete control of this game. Until they weren't. I, I think the Eagle, the second Eagles one, uh, would have stung a lot more if they didn't win the next year. Like yeah. I think that game would 
drive me crazy. Like Clement's foot out of bounds. Like he can always say well, everything that should have happened didn't get called, but that one would sting a lot more. That's what you come back to. Yeah, I will. As a Patriots fan, not like why is Johnson Batamosi in? I, that's a whole. That's a whole separate See, conversation. Not as like, not as Ma- why is Malcolm Butler on the side? That, no, whole, that's like a, this, 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 <laughs> maybe <laughs> by a dimple of a football, a guy maybe wasn't in bounds when he caught a touch. That's what you fall back. No, nah, it's a, his foot was out of bounds, but uh, not no, not necessarily. Uh, not nah, see that like I think the Malcolm Butler thing's thing a whole right. separate story. You're well, talking about the bobble. Yeah, yeah, it's close. It's close, but. They they called it one way all year long, and then they exactly. they did they did change. they called it right in the championship. I, I agree. Which every Patriots but fan, if they had a hand on a Bible, would admit. No, I agree that that was the correct call. That just wasn't a consistent. And the call. Zach Ertz one was not even close. No, no. He took three full strides. No. before People he dove into the close? end zone. Chris Collinsworth said it was going to get overturned live. Oh God! <laughs> I don't, yeah, that's why I don't pay attention to Chris Collinsworth. But I, I mean, look, I you it can was talk the Jesse about, James play. You can talk about all these the, the Eagles second Super Bowl. If the Patriots go nineteen and zero, I I'm all set for life. Like that's uh, that that was so it you for me. That was a big great to debate. go nineteen and zero, and then everything we've done after that is nothing. You're cool with that? Yeah, you cool with that? <laughs> It's a good Are question. You as cool with you that guys, as I'm I am just, with Marcus Smart. Not I'm just Celtic. asking you to clarify. It's a good question because this is something that I have thought about way too much. Is would I trade 19 and 0 for the other three Super Bowls that they won in the 2010s? And it's like how I imagine parents pick between two children. Like, how do you do that? Right? Like, you can't do it. There's no good answer. <laughs> like, I, I, I <laughs> it's easy. As a confident favorite. I don't know. I don't I think know. It's easy. I I can't. I can't. Well, I'm not the favorite. It's you so. can pick the favorite. You can't say it out loud. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if I can. Uh, if I can say that that fully, um, but I'm close. I. It's kind of like Paul with his, his opinion that that they could have won more. I I might trade the, the other three Super Bowls for 19 to 0. I might do it. No. Uh, the Seahawks won and the 51 were. Unreal. I was older for the last yeah. year. I appreciated them so much more. I wasn't just like a young dumb kid. I well, I was in high school for 19 to 0 as a like a freshman, I think, I in was high in school. Middle school. And, I remember uh, going home my AIM away message just ranting away at the loss. I think that, you know, the thing was for me is that at the time Randy Moss was my favorite non-Brady Patriot. Yep. By far, not even close. So the fact that he didn't win uh, kills me, and the fact that you know that record-breaking year ended the way that it did for him kills me. And I was also a huge Wes Welker guy um, because you know, as a undersized uh, Caucasian man, I uh, I thought, oh well, Wes Welker made it in the NFL. Why can't I? <laughs> stupidly, <laughs> very stupidly. So That's I. Great. So I was a huge Wes Welker guy too, because and, and Edelman, you know, also because of the same reason. And I Edelman just, was Jewish. You'd think you'd have more to like cling on to with him. Yeah, but Wes was first, you know. So, but I, I, I truly believe that that like, oh, there's a path for me. Like I, I you know, look <laughs> at this. A there's a path. So, <laughs> is your release it's faster? It's so funny because yeah. that's, what we, that's what we talk about at all the community events. The guys are like, it's really important for them to see what they can achieve. And that's what you're giving us now, right now. Now, now, 15 years later, I can't even keep a straight face <laughs> like thinking that there was a path ever that existed. <laughs> That's, same, awesome. that's awesome. This is so funny. It's just so true. you know, we are revisiting this when Fred, when Fred <laughs> it's might get It's so back. true. I thought 
I really believed. Okay, here's Wes Welker. He's like the same size as me in terms of like height, uh, not weight because he was on muscle and I was not. Uh, but height and all that kind of stuff. And I really felt like I, you know, if I re- worked as hard as he did, and I, I could do it. Uh, you know, similarly in in basketball, uh, you know, I was a huge, huge JJ Redick fan because JJ Redick was not the best athlete. Uh, but he was a dominant three-point shooter, and he made the NBA because so, he could shoot, and that was it. This, this is why we need to do JJ's the content team. Combine. Yeah, he's a lot bigger. Mark Price was one the of the guy. best shooters. Like high, high school basketball. It was, I mean, I wasn't a good basketball player, but all the kids they were like, Mark Price. Like he's just like if you just work hard. Like that's yeah. Mark. Pri- like Mark Price is ridiculously <laughs> athletic point guard. <laughs> like just because I he wasn't considered athletic among his peers in the NBA doesn't mean he wasn't like. Way more skilled well, than some Joker playing. It's high like school Scalabrini challenging people to one on one. Yeah, or like playing pickup well, at the well, Y. So that's different though because Scal's like seven feet tall. So he's just like genetically bigger than you, even if he's not like more skilled at basketball. I was convinced that I had the exact same body type as Wes Welker. So why couldn't that be me, Evan? This is why we need to have the content team combined. We'll do the forty yard no, dash because the then you'll find machine. out why it couldn't be me. <laughs> so. Yeah, but it would still be so fun. Well, I want to do it. I, I don't know if I can sign up for that kind of embarrassment. <laughs> I, I know my forty time right now is if I'm I'm lucky to break seven seconds at this point. Andy so. did the combine um, for a big feature that we did a hundred years ago, but like the only thing he did, the only thing he did at any kind of a level was the bench press. There that, we go. Why doesn't that surprise me? T Rex. T Rex. I don't know. Would I trade? I was sick of it because it sucked. Would I trade nineteen and zero for the other three Super Bowls? I might. It's the great. That's the great debate. I might. It's basically, we're saying if you had that, and then but then Brady was going to retire, and that's you had that, and you didn't have. So like, so it was a guarantee that you weren't going to win. Would you take that? That's the thing. If you told me that you won in 07 and Brady didn't play for another decade after that then I'm easily taking 07. But because he played for so long after the you fact... You there was a chance that, like they did, you right. could win three it, more. It's literally giving up on a whole other career for most quarterbacks, right? You know, it, it's... Did you so, see... I don't I, know. And you, you would know this. Like, there was one of those, uh, like, strange stats that you can't believe is true thing yeah. about if you took away the seven Super Bowls that Brady has, he'd still be... The number one all time in postseason touchdown passes, I, and yards, and it's crazy. All that. Now, what I what I need a little bit further context. Like, are you telling me you're taking away twenty two games? Like, so the six times they won with the Patriots, that's eighteen games. Three three games through the yeah. play, plus the Tampa one was four games. So that's you know you're taking away. All of those games, or are you just taking away the actual Super Bowl? I would assume it's just the actual because it didn't seem to be plausible but if you took away the like the playoff runs all seven times he won the super bowl that's amazing if he's still you know i know that like you could do like he had a hall of fame career twice i know that whole thing yeah well that's my point with 07 is you're you're giving up a a hall of fame career in dynasty 2.0 by cutting it off in 07 so that does make it a little bit difficult more difficult you missed the whole gronk era Whoa, 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 whoa. Who says that Gronk didn't come? Yeah, well, why can't he? Why can't it be like so ben this? Is Hope? how we. But so th- what if it's this some is great. scrub this is, throwing it's like Gronk, Andy's and right Gronk's there. like, "Yo, I'm not playing with this scrub. Like, I'm out." Like Drew Bledsoe. 
Whoa, 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 hey, whoa. I'm you, saying it could have... my friend. I met him I'm in the I'm saying lot. it could be like <laughs> Drew Bledsoe guy. and Ben Coates, which wasn't bad. I was going to say, he would have been just fine with, right, with Drew. Right, It would have been fine. That was my point. I wasn't a shot at Drew. Maybe a little bit of shot at It was Drew, a little but bit, but, that's but it was not what we're saying, warranted. though. We're <laughs> saying you're missing Brady and Gronk together. I know. That one is tough. That is tough. Let it marinate. I, I, this has been marinating for for <laughs> five years. <laughs> like it, I go back and forth. All right, let's take a uh, one one more call here from uh, from Vancouver, all the way up in in Canada from Paul. What's up, Paul? Paul. Hey, guys, how you doing today? Good. How are you? Uh, all right, Paul. Don't you feel uh, kind of old when Evan says things like I was in high school when the yes 2007 season? Yes, I don't hate him as much as I do Alex, but yes. <laughs> I was in uh, university for the uh, Pat Bears Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, uh, you're old. You're older than me. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's impressive. Um, that was my senior year of high school. I only Pat's take eight shots at Paul, not college. Yeah, but I, w- I would still take uh, Evan on him for a forty-yard dash uh, thing. Um, I, I'd stay in pretty damn good shape for that. Not me. I would pull a hand forty-yard. If I tried to run as fast as I could for forty yards. There was a 0% chance that I wouldn't pull my hamstring. You should see me in the pickup kickball league. almost ripped the hamstring off the bone. <laughs> More of a three-cone guy. Just the fact that you quicker take part in a <laughs> When's the last league. time you sprinted? Sprinted? Yeah. Me? You too. Oh, I, Paul I, and Evan. COVID. Oh, I, COVID, yeah. Oh, I, I was running a lot in I, COVID, and I used to sprint at the sprints? end. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Oh, I sprint. Uh, I sprint all the time. I'm uh I'm I'm a basketball referee, so okay. uh, I do. You don't do, sprint uh, if you're a basketball okay, referee. Okay, Usain. That's Paul. like saying Marcus oh, Smart uh, plays good tough defense. Paul, <laughs> Paul I just uh, I just did the I just did a game last weekend um, here in uh, Vancouver with the uh, the provincial uh, under seventeen boys team versus a university a university team because like uh, the provincial team's going to the nationals next month, and they wanted to practice seven second offenses. So I was up and down that court real, real fast. Yeah, uh, half, half court wide. to baseline. I'm a little surprised that basketball, not hockey up there, huh? Yeah, well, Paul, well, yeah, I know it's only half on there, but I, I run 50Ks a week, too. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, um, so I do uh, do a variety of stuff. But anyway, uh, I got a question for you. Um, with the NBA had their draft last week, and the NHL, well, right now it's on going rounds two to seven. Right. right. Yep. And both of them are going to start free agency next week. But the NFL has it the other way around. I know the current system is, came about more from litigation than really planning. Um, but I do kind of think it's backwards for the NFL because there's way more players drafted in the NFL are going to play next year than, than is going to, especially in NHL, right? It's maybe three or four guys that might be there next year that are drafted this, uh, yesterday or today. Um, and yeah. for team purposes, building purposes, don't you think it's better to you know, and it's more opportunity to get best player available there first, and then plug your needs in free agency, and then for the players, I think it's beneficial to them that um, they can hold sort of desperate teams over the barrel a little bit, and they might be able to get rid of all these if it's free agency is delayed. They might be able to get rid of these mini camps and you know mandatory uh, things that uh, they don't want to go to anyway. So, do you think there's any momentum to change this, or you just think no. they're just going to go with it and there, it's a better system? Or yeah, there has been talk about 
flip-flopping the timing. And I do Thanks understand. I don't necessarily understand what the second part of that was. With, I don't know how that would impact I the think spring he's saying camps that if or you're any of that. Not, if free agency is not until May 1st. Oh, no. They would never do that. Right. They would move the draft up. They I wouldn't – because you can't push the like, – Yeah. Think about when free agency is for the NFL and – I mean, the NBA and the NHL. It's like – Two weeks after the season. It's the yeah. same timing as the NFL. The difference is the draft coincides with it. And for some reason, they have the draft two months later in the NFL. And people have talked about that. Wouldn't it make more sense? And I agree. From If I were an owner, I would rather have the draft than free agency because now I'm not necessarily having to spend $100 million to get somebody because I desperately need that somebody. So I think... Now I can see if I can fill it in the draft. And then if I can't, then I... To free agency, I, I just I think that the the main thing to me that presents the issue there is is planning and prep work for the draft for the pro personnel side gets really difficult because the coaches, that's why it's not going to change. But right, I mean you know the coaches like Bill Belichick's for the GM and he's making the picks. He's coaching until you know mid January or early January. And then you're telling him that he's got a draft in in two months instead of three or four months. Like that's that's a really quick turnaround. Oh, I would do it even quicker than that. I think that's too quick. because yeah, you have the combine, you have I pro would, days. I like would have it. Get that stuff I, in. I would have it at the beginning of March. I would have it. The season ends first week of February. I give you like a few weeks, but it's never going to go back because they've turned it into a money making machine with the nonsense. That's that the is, thing. Ratings. That is the combine. And it's, and it's, you're not competing and it's with now anything. Nonsense. Yeah, it's a complete nut or yeah, nonsense. Yeah, especially now with with the next gen type stuff. But it's it's also spreads out the calendar so that you have these these different. The NFL is relevant all year. Cycle well. points. Right. They'll, yeah. they'll never change it back. But the other sports have to do the same thing. Like you have your scouts and your general managers are the ones that make the picks in the draft. Right. But I think in other sports, for the most part, and some teams in the NBA, I don't even know if this is, is is true in the NBA anymore. They're like Tom Thibodeau. I remember he was like everything at one point in time, but that doesn't happen quite as often. I feel like, and there's not as much overlap. I don't know. I feel like it would be really difficult. I come at it from an angle of, of in, in the media and the cramming in the draft prep, because you're all pro football in the, in the in the fall and winter, and I'm not even doing anywhere near the but, amount of work that your they scouts are. are. Yeah, you have a team of scouts that are your just personnel department, right? But at the end long. of the day, <coughs> they still have to have you know, in our case, the head coach go through the scouting. Right. And process. how many times do you hear the term that guy really rose or fell? Yeah. In the pre-draft that, process, because that's when the coaches get involved. And I, I would argue that that's probably a bad thing. I would say that it's it doesn't need to be quite as much time. I would agree, um, but I I think the biggest thing is and like the combine, it's a, it's a ratings bonanza, so they're probably going to keep it for the money side of things. But they they could literally do away with the combine, and the league itself wouldn't suffer for from it now they need the medical checks and they in the in the in-person interviews i think are important as well that happen yeah. in indy but the actual event on the field the 40 that type of stuff if it wasn't a money-making machine they they don't it's pr- not practical they don't need it anymore. pro days are so big now too like but the pro days is the big thing for me as well and if you're gonna 
you have all these schools that hold these pro days and in these scouting departments and coaches need to go to all the pro days you need to you need to leave a little bit of an alley i'd argue that's why the teams are so bad at it do you you think 10 years the combine is gonna be around ultimately yes because i i can't imagine the nfl giving up the money but I mean, there's teams that didn't even go to the combine this year. Yeah. Some of the really analytically driven and, and younger regimes didn't even go. And nowadays, you have all this this data from like next gen technology where you can get in game speed, like how they're running in in actually doing their their jobs yeah. instead of just running in spandex and in, in the combine. Now, the only difference is is that that data only goes back so far, whereas a scout that's been doing this for a hundred years he has 40 times for for generations right so he can say you know compare that his hand times from this year to 10 years ago and maybe you wouldn't be able to do that with the chip you know the next gen stuff but i don't know it's it's a cram session yeah. they're to, never to it's never going to happen for all the reasons that we already said but i i could understand the rationale the other three sports basically do it differently but it's never going to change I would the offseason yeah. has become a huge thing in the NFL. Money, I also don't see it as a as a advantage to the veteran players that are free agents to have the no. draft being first. I think it's no. actually a disadvantage. Yeah, 100%. Yes. I, so, I think it would be an advantage to the teams, the owners. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. Wow. Yeah. An offseason change I'd like to see is set like a tampering period or a free agency for coaches. You know what I mean? Like if it was I'm like you know, two weeks yeah. after the Super Bowl, like now, you, like all coaches so, open season so the, can talk to. So the que- the problem with that is that you know that there's tampering going on yeah. anyways. Um, Jonathan Gannon, hello. But at the same time, I agree with you 110% that it's an absolute mess. It's a conflict of interest across the board. And you're right. The best thing to do is to say we're, we're all coaching hiring is going to start, you know, at, uh, after the Super Bowl. But the problem with that is that you lose a month, right? So the teams that are eliminated don't make the playoffs. Yep. They want to get to work, mm-hmm. right? And so you lose all that time. But I'm with you on that as well, that it's yep. it's it's totally a mess. So I want to end sort of where we started with Devontae yeah. Parker because I wanted to get you. You had some numbers on his targets and, and yeah. whatnot analytically. You want to repeat those a little bit because those yeah. are positive numbers for, for Parker. Yeah, so on a per-target per reception basis he was one of the better big play receivers in the league last year uh 17.4 yards per reception he didn't qualify for the the leaderboard in and yards per reception but would have been top five in the league if he had uh, 11.5 yards per target at a 92 wide receivers that's second best only behind Jalen Waddle in yards per target and uh, he's, he's a guy that doesn't drop very many passes. Yeah, I think he had one drop all of last year. So the, the nerds, the math does like him quite a bit, other than the separation metrics. The, okay, so that was Warren Sharp, and metrics. I know you don't like Warren Sharp, so I'm going to ignore I'm just, him. I'm just kidding with Warren Sharp. I'm going to ignore him. Um, so true. what's true media? True media is like any like a PFF. For, Do we not like them either? They're fine. Okay, so <laughs> – I read yeah. this today. Uh, he ranked 56th in the league in yards per route run and didn't rank in the top 150 in targets per route. Um, he only had one game all year with 80 yards. The Baltimore game. Um, so yeah. I, I, I think there are metrics to sort of – the reason Do I bring this ways. up, and I, I'm going to end the same way I started. I'm perfectly fine with having Devontae Parker on my team. 
um, I worry about what it might mean down the road. Not fact, not factually, just concern. Like, does it mean no Hopkins? Does it mean, well, we're a little worried about a guy like Thornton specifically, but on a lesser extent, um, Booty and Douglas. Yeah. Do we not see anything from them? Are we so concerned that we need to have veteran receivers under contract for 24 and beyond? I'm a little concerned about that. Tease, final thoughts? On Parker? Yep. I, I like it. Whatever. Like, above average receiver. One of the, like, he's fine. I like it. Still go for Hopkins, though. I wish everybody on Twitter had the same laid-back <laughs> attitude as Matisse. I like Parker more than I think most people do. I am excited to give him another year in a more competent, functional offense. Just see what happens. Like I'm just if, along for the ride. If you let, like, if you let him go, if you trade him, like, I think you're. I think there's more value to keeping him on the team than letting him walk or or trading him or cutting him this off season. I will say when he when he did miss time with that concussion last year, it was kind of a, a reflection of where they were, but you did kind of feel like he you, could help if yeah, he came you back. Felt it, you felt I was going to say, sure. they punted every possession with him, and they punted every possession without him. Okay. That's they fair. did. It's a little harsh. It's a little harsh. No, what were right. they, like third from the bottom and three and outs? I'm team Vontae. Something like that. I'm making my goal to get him to come out of his I shell think, uh, this year. I think Paul and <laughs> I shell. are – him on some TikToks. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Why not? I'll make it happen. Okay, I trust you. He doesn't like me. No, no I'm just I mean, kidding. I, he, he, you trust her. She, she I don't, likes, I don't, she's brokenhearted because Marcus Smart is on the Memphis Grizzlies, and you trust her. I'm not her. brokenhearted. I'm a Grizzlies I, fan. I trust her <laughs> to see, see when we're in the locker room, a little, little behind the scenes here. We're in the locker room. They love talking to Alex. They don't like talking to me as much because I want to like I want things that they can't tell me, you know, like what route were you running here? What where <laughs> what was the play call there? Whatever. I keep it light. Yeah, Alex keeps it light. I'm like so one they, of, they think I'm like they, one of their friends. They come up to her, they're, they're what's going on? What's you know, me they're like <laughs> uh, me up. can't say anything in front of this kid. So, you know, it's <laughs> they just give a you the different. side eye. <laughs> Alex, you you do you, you want a minute on Marcus Smart? You want to pour one out? You weren't right. here when, it, when this happened. Right so. I know. I took so I was packing for a flight when the trades all happening. I'm like, okay, Brogdon's gone. Whatever. Okay, Brad, I see you. Like, this is a piece we need. Cool. Wake up at 3:30 a.m. to catch my flight. My favorite player's not on the team anymore. Um, it was a sad day. I don't get it. I was like, okay, like the two draft picks must have really swayed it here. Then the draft came, and I, I just, I don't know. I don't like it. Can I ask you, and I'm not being being obtuse here, what what made Marcus Smart your favorite player? Because he definitely has... The way he plays. I would have loved to play basketball with him. He I, He's just gritty. He cares. I love the way he sees the game. I like the Can way I he facilitates. Can I ask what kind of player you were? Were you a big scorer? I was a point guard. I was a pretty oh, scrappy. Okay, so you wouldn't have minded playing with him then. That would be fine because you're not really looking for the ball to score or do anything. <laughs> So, no problem. If I'm Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, I don't necessarily want to play with that. Who is the assist leader on that team? I'm, I don't even know oh, what the please. numbers were. but <laughs> okay. Assist leader. I like defensive basketball. I think I do, too. They want to get back to that. And I think, and I think this is a step in that direction. They got to continue to make some moves because I think we lost a lot of our heart. We lost a lot of our grit. Hot. I'm using our too, which so, I haven't so done hot. in a while. And we and lost our hot. We got to, you know, we're, we're up against awesome. a little bit. But th- th- this is my l- one little pushback about the the heart and soul of the Celtics going to uh, to Memphis. 
all playoffs long, and I, I defend the Celtics. I'm a green teamer. I'm a season ticket holder. I love the Celtics to death. All playoffs long, though, I hear about, oh, they have no balls. They have no grit. They have no toughness. They they wilt in the biggest moments. And now they've lost their heart. And now the they've lost, they lost said, the grit. I've like, always, you can find me saying on this radio show, they have 1.5 dogs on this team. Marcus and kind of like, and Derek White. And now... Okay. I don't know. So do you think, and, and this is my It's hope. also Tatum's favorite player ever he's ever played with. That means something to me when that's my star I'm building my franchise around. He'll get over it. I don't think he cares enough. So here, here's my thing. To my, not get my, over my it. My one thing that I'm hopeful for, and I want your take on this. What if in order for Tatum to be, be the dog, to be the alpha, they needed to move Marcus out of the picture? Like what if this Tatum now sees – this this leadership void, this this you know alpha demeanor void, fill it? or do we think it's going to be Jalen taking it upon himself? Because I I'll see tell you, Jalen. I don't know the answer to any to of those. As you himself. as you know, I I am well established. I worry about things that haven't happened. I just know that it wasn't going to happen with Marcus Smart being in that alpha role. It was not ever going to work. But I don't think he necessarily wanted to be in the alpha role. I think oh, he was like, all right, if the no one else is going to, I it. think it was like, all right, if no one else is going to give a damn. I just look I guess forward I'm to the last to. five minutes of a close game where he doesn't have to be out there. That's what I'm most looking forward to. I think we're going to So feel maybe when there's one this guy completely <laughs> uncovered, that guy He's might be able to make the shot. Now. <laughs> I'm going to miss the smart 4-3. That's all I'm going to miss. When, when he made it oh, 30% I, I, of the time. I, I would have to have heard that to miss it. Oh, you know, the six games I watch at the greatest bar. I'm screaming it. <laughs> I, uh, God. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting. I think. Interesting I think the move the, itself the on paper is like probably a good move. We had a lot of guard depth. I think we. C- I. I mean, I told you like I'd like to have a guy like Siakam or someone come in. We need like a big. Al's too old now, so it's like on paper I like the move. It just like oh, I liked it better when it was Brogdon. Yeah, we all liked it better when it was Brogdon. I agree with that. But Paul, so, except for Paul, Paul said that literally. Don't tell I'm me Brogdon's not a better player because I have time. to. I have to bring this up in front of Alex. Paul told me when this trade happened that Brogdon is a better defender than Marcus Smart. He's a better player, I said. Defensive player of the year. I, I, no, 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 no. My I brain know that. Broke. He, he's told me that a number of times. So my I'm, brain broke. I'm well aware that he was the DPOY. Better defensive well player, Malcolm Brogdon. I think Brogdon. we'll see it all shake out next year. I said he's a better player. We'll see it all shake out next year. And I think they're comparable defensively. I think they both sucked defensively this you year. Think, okay. I think for his career, I think for his career <laughs> Brogdon was a good defensive player. I don't think he was last year. Okay, fair. But enough. I know Smart wasn't. All right. Well, we got to we got to land this plane. That's my job to to land the plane. So let's see how this goes. Uh, we we don't have a show on Tuesday because it's uh, America's birthday. So yeah. we we take the so show we'll be back off on Thursday. We we'll back on Thursday. I think everybody's Not back. Me. I think the the gang is back. PTO together. Matisse. And I want yeah. I, I do want to take <laughs> I'll mi- be on PTO take too. a minute to thank Matisse. <laughs> Thank you for filling in uh, yes. for the much last a, couple days. Off-season, and uh, you won't have to hear me host next week because I think uh, Deuce is coming back. I, I don't have back. to. I don't yeah. have to watch Deuce's house anymore. I've been Are staying. I've been Deuce's staying house? at Chateau Deuce. I don't know if the listeners know. Oh boy, holding it down, we'll watering the wife's party's lit, bro. <laughs> I can't say see you next Tuesday, so we'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.
The World's Original Podcast.